0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. This week, we are talking about a little independent movie called Pulp Fiction. Uh, tell me talk about it, I am joined by someone who is no stranger to the show, and she's one of my favorite people to talk movies with. It's Carmelita Velas-McCoy. Carmelita, how are you doing?
2: Matt, my friend, I'm excellent.
0: <laughs> I am. <don't, you> <laughs> look as excited
2: as I, I am. am- i'm so excited Yeah, this is i'm a always big one. excited to talk movies with you you mm-hmm. and i always have a good time and yes the movie we're talking about this go around is a big one in the world of cinema and in <laughs> our lives
0: this is true so it's very true yeah i i kind of been hanging on to it for a while i was like i know we'll do a F- pulp fiction at some point and i finally like, let's just do it and i probably should have waited for like a big episode milestone like a episode 200 or even like a 150 but it's like episode 140 it's fine whatever <laughs> I don't plan things, but I'm ha- happy to do it uh I have so much say about Pulp Fiction I'm sure we both have tons say about Pulp Fiction but uh uh we'll get there before we do that I do want to talk about stuff you've seen lately I'm very, you're always watching interesting things I see it on Twitter
2: <laughs> I've Half got time, some interesting ones are,
0: but I have I- some <laughs> okay. interesting
2: ones for you okay this time I have a couple. And I didn't do this on purpose, but both of these movies fit really well with Pulp Fiction in terms of just being kind of.
0: Maybe you were pulp-y. like the Pulp Fiction like They're mindset. Kind of I don't
2: know. <laughs> no, I mean, this is just the kind of stuff I watch. So, <laughs> so the first one is Obsessions from 1969. It's a Dutch English language film. So Dutch film, but it is in English. So no okay. one has to read subtitles. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, director is Pim de la Parra. He was also a writer. His co-writers, Martin Scorsese.
1: Oh,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> and Vim Verstappen. It's <laughs> Verstappen, I don't know. Anyways, it sounds like a Dutch name. <laughs> this movie was so fun. It's kind of hitchcockian mystery crime thriller. This medical student is renting an apartment. He there's a hole in the wall and he starts spying on the next door neighbor. And he's drawn in by this guy having vigorous sex with some woman on a uh-huh. bed that's per purpose you know just coincidentally it's positioned right where the hole gets like a perfect view and so he he becomes obsessed with watching this guy and the things that he's seeing through this hole in the wall start becoming a little nefarious something is not right and this guy is becoming more and more obsessed with Mm -hmm. the goings-on in the adjacent apartment and his girlfriend is a journalist and she's trying to hunt down a missing woman and and so there's kind of this weaving of the two different kind of mysteries that they're looking at it's it's really cool i thought it's kind of got this pulpy crime novel kind of feel to it and and it's 69 so it's like it's a little sleazy like uh-huh. <laughs> got this kind of this kind of pulpy sleaze feeling about it but because it's european it also kind of feels artsy Uh, i don't know (laughs) it was it was a really good time i really enjoyed it like there's some interesting characters like side characters that they interact with it's it's a good time i i I thought that the music was great because again 69 like some of these scores are just like really really cool kind of jazzy i I really enjoyed it
0: the europeans are good at making stuff sleazy feel like artsy i don't know how yes (laughs) uh they
2: class it up a bit uh
0: i've never heard of this (laughs) i thought the first thing i thought you said obsession i thought was a de palma movie which also Mm. i've not seen um but obsessions like it's like aliens Um, there's (laughs) a
2: much larger dutch title
0: Mm -hmm. and they were like just Uh, call it uh,
2: right but yes
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't speak Dutch, so I would, know. <laughs> but uh, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I just added to the list, which excellent listen, a lot of it's there, fun. but it's okay. <laughs> it's still a lot to watch from uh, your discoveries episode. <laughs> so just trying to keep up, but um, I know okay. I
2: have, I still have, I still have so many movies from that discussion.
0: I was proud of myself watch. for watching like one of yours each, like you and Preston's right off the bat. I was like, yeah. i do a great. And I've stalled out ever since, (laughs) but I started off, I started off uh, hot. Hey, they're
2: on the watch list. The day will come.
0: Yes. One day I will randomly come across them and go, it's time to watch this movie. You will. Yes. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. This next one, this (laughs) surprised me. This was the, the biggest surprise. I would not be shocked if this is remains the big surprise discovery of 2024 i didn't see this one coming i thought this is going to be trash but it'll be fun to watch and it kind of is trashy but (laughs) i fucking (laughs) love this movie so much
0: yeah i'm so excited
2: (laughs) invasion of the b girls
0: 1973 okay oh wow okay
2: so Again, like this very kind of pulpy, almost sex exploitation feeling about it. but it's sci-fi. A man in this town with a a big scientific lab, this guy drops dead in the middle of having sex, and they think it's a one-off until other guys stop start dropping dead during sex Mm -hmm. and this fed comes in to investigate and there's something happening to the women in this town and the victims just line up out the door (laughs) and (laughs) it's so 70s this movie this like the dialogue, like the slang that's being used, uh, you know, some of the the commentary from some of these characters about the manner of death. Uh-huh. Just <laughs> so 1970s. It's it's incredible, but it looks so good. It's a lot of fun for anyone who likes bare breasts in film. It's a <laughs> breastapalooza in this movie. There are all kinds of bare naked breasts.
0: Oh, so I'm gonna rename so, the podcast that. Uh rest Restapalooza? <laughs> That'll get the attention. Um it's yeah. I look it up. There's sounds... B
2: vision. There's B vision. <laughs> it's no, it's incredible. I've heard
0: this title before. I've at least heard of this movie.
2: I did not see this coming in terms of just how much I was going to enjoy it and how well done it was going to be.
0: Okay, this might get watched before the the Dutch obsessions movie. this just sounds insane Uh, it's
2: incredible and there's like the fed is like you know and I forget the actor who is it I should have had that handy it's like you know this guy with the cleft chin and the chiseled jaw and you know he has to like he's he's like a federal agent and he's just investigating these deaths but then he like thwarts an attempted rape and he's like you know, kicking like five guys ass all at the same time. And it's it's incredible. Okay, I sounds, love it so much.
0: That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> that sounds good.
2: Yeah. William Smith is the name of the actor. Oh, OK. Like I, where... I, I recognize him, but it's like I never would have come up with his name on my own.
0: <laughs> where did if you, you watch this? Because I had not seen it available anywhere.
2: Oh, where did I watch it? It might have been Mubi. Oh, Midnight okay. Pulp. Might have been one of those.
0: Oh, hey, I, it's, it said it's on Prime. <laughs> and on Freebie. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. It's, it's like- on
2: MGM. It's on MGM Plus. It's on Prime. It's on Tubi. Yeah.
0: Okay, I was looking at the wrong thing first. Um, okay, everybody,
2: so Invasion of the Bee Girls, watch this movie.
0: That's the takeaway from this episode. It's like watch Invasion of the Bee Girls.
2: It's amazing. Oh,
0: okay, you really sold that one. Uh, what else do you? Have? I
2: love it. That that's all I'm gonna give you. Okay, I yeah, because I I like, mean I could top, go on and on.
0: You can't top Invasion but, of the Bee Girls. Yes. Uh. Okay. All right. Um. I'm gonna go from bad to good. <laughs> so, I don't like to be negative, but I watched a giant piece of shit. Uh that was oh. called It was Exorcist Believer. Have you did oh, you see this?
2: I did see it.
0: Did you?
2: <laughs> I went and saw it in the movie theater.
0: Oh. Did you What did you, I don't know what you thought of it. I don't think I heard you talk about it. I can't
2: I it. I didn't talk about it much. I my feelings are complicated.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: I'm a sucker for exorcism films. Right, right. In general. I love a demon possession film. I love films about people being possessed by demons and other people trying to exorcise the demons. Like Pope's Exorcist, I've already watched it four times.
0: (laughs) I did really enjoy that. it just came out last year. I need to watch it again. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, yeah. So I love that sort of thing. So there were things about it, especially like the first half of the movie. That I actually was really enjoying. Yep. Uh, it was the exorcism itself.
1: It mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> was a big letdown for me.
0: We sound very aligned so far. I, I should walk back, big piece of shit. That might have been, <laughs> been too hard.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of people agree with you.
0: Yeah. And I feel bad because I know we have the people that like it that, you know, like I think Lindsay and Hayden and Mark, I think all thought it was like, at least, okay to good. So I don't know. PCR might be too hard, but I just was like, it, it, and everyone said the same thing. It, like, it's like kind of has you for the first half. Like, it's interesting. And then it just, like, fall, it falls off, off cliff. the rails. Like, could not believe how hard the movie just turned off the road and drove straight off the cliff. <laughs> like, yes. um, And it feels like it is, like, precisely the moment when Ellen Burstyn is brought into the movie. And I felt very bad for Ellen. Bur- I hope Ellen Burstyn got paid. I really hope she got paid because I, will I hope she wasn't me.
2: under duress, like held hostage. And oh, I know. To do it. That's what you know. <laughs>
0: I hope not. Too. Ellen,
2: are you okay?
0: Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> like I thought, what they did with her character was borderline uh, shameful. Like it, it was such, or it was just such a waste. It was such a waste. Like. i I don't i didn't understand like i don't know it was just ridiculous i thought and then it just goes off the rails and yeah the exorcism is like should be the most interesting thing and it's very boring uh and i hated the way the movie looked i thought it was not a good looking movie (laughs) like it just looked very blah to me and like it just was like i don't like the way this is shot um It's trying to do this thing with, like, different religions doing exorcism together, which should be interesting. But somehow it's not. I feel like it's not. Yeah. I'm not opposed to
2: that idea.
0: No, I like the idea. I just think it's done poorly.
2: (laughs) Yes. It's the way it was executed that was the problem. The idea kind of makes sense if you're doing this in 2023. Right. It's actually really cool to, like, show that, like, and exorcism is not just a Catholic thing. There are other faiths that have some beliefs around this sort of thing and their own approach to it. So, yeah, that wasn't a problem. The idea. The execution. (laughs) The real bummer.
0: It felt very messy and I was like, they they didn't even explain what they were doing. I was like, wait, what's going on? Like, I don't know. It was just weird. Like, it starts off like, okay, it's a promise. Then like, it just, I don't know, has to become like this thing that's trying to bring in the original movie and I don't know it's a real I was telling who was it someone like what a cursed franchise (laughs) like like I know it had had one good sequel I think randomly the third one
2: oh Oh,
0: no I'm in Exodus 2 Defender right
2: I yes I stand alone
0: (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) I know that I'm
2: like you know the only person (laughs) <laughs> like exorcist too, but I do. Oh,
0: I mean that whole thing. That aside, sorry, I know you like too, but that that whole weird <laughs> thing with the, the two different movies are cut. I never like the Dominion thing, the the prequel thing where they basically yeah. had to do the same movie twice. Uh, like, oh,
2: yeah, no, those mess. are weird.
0: Yeah, I've heard the show's good. You know, I don't watch. I TV didn't. Shows, I
2: didn't think this so. was as bad as the, the the Dominion one.
0: I don't think I've actually seen it. Honestly, it's been. I have. No. <laughs>
2: I have oh, I just, Yeah, this yeah. I I didn't hate it. I think I went in with very low expectations. So and I just love exorcism movies and demon possession movies so much that I was able to kind of walk away trying to cling to those aspects that I actually thought were well done. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it yeah.
0: Yeah. Also I didn't find it very scary at all. I I know Oh, not I, at all. Not yeah, some I, there's a lot of problems, but I, I'll I've said my piece uh, about it. I just <laughs> did not really enjoy it. Um,
2: so skip that. Go watch Pope the uh, Pope's Exorcist again. Yeah,
0: and it was so funny because I put it off because it hit Peacock, and then I, but it was like Christmas time, and I was like, why don't we watch Exorcist Believer at Christmas time? <laughs> like, and then the New Year came. Oh, that's the
2: difference I, between you and me. Oh yes. yeah,
0: <laughs> it just wasn't in the mood. <laughs> I was like, eh, and like nobody anything to say about it. And then I think I literally said, no more 2020, like the new year came and I said I'm not watching any 2023 stuff. I already binged all the 2023 stuff. I did the top 10 and then for some reason I was like, I'll throw on Excess believer like after I said, no, and then I had a terrible time. Uh, So um, okay, another we'll move on from that. Another movie (laughs) that uh, was not nearly as bad for me as X-Believer, but a huge disappointment Based on the people involved, I'm very curious if you've seen this, Uh, a movie called City Heat from 1984 that has Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds together.
2: I have not (laughs) seen this one. It's I know that doesn't make any sense because I love Clint Eastwood and I'm obsessed with Burt Reynolds, but that's why
0: I thought you may have seen it. I was like, I know at least you love Burt Reynolds, but uh, it's 84, so I mean, like, they're both still very popular. I think burt reynolds may be a little bit more on the downside of his peak but it's burt like, reynolds
2: less yes less but, than his the high of his career
0: right they're still very popular and it's like to team them up is like what a you know right. what a big deal and it's like so disappointing because i feel like it's it's wrestling with being a burt reynolds movie and a clint eastwood movie and they can't like that's a that would be a problem you not get them to gel like it's like trying to be kind of funny but I feel that Clint Eastwood's, like, bristling against the comedy. I mean, it's be- okay, I'll explain the plot. So it's basically, it's like, uh, Burt Reynolds is a private eye. Clint Eastwood's a uh just a cop still. They used to be partners, but they don't like each other anymore. And they have to team up to investigate a murder. And it's set in the 1930s. So it's a period so piece. It's,
2: so it's kind of like True De- the first season of True Detective.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I have watched Detective. But... I know. I, have, I it's a TV you show. You don't watch I, TV.
2: You don't watch I don't, TV. I know. I, I don't know what's it's going fine. on
0: with TV. Uh what's the Soprano <laughs> show I'm hearing about? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hear it's like the shows I hear all the time. Watch your detective, or at least the first season of your detective. You don't
2: you don't have to apologize or explain yourself. Okay. <laughs> you don't watch TV. Who's that's nobody's business.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh so yeah. <laughs> I know I just I, you know, who has the time? But uh they <laughs> <laughs> they yeah they, they they're they like rivals it starts off really fun because they end up in the same like diner and burt reynolds is getting into a fight with these guys and eastwood doesn't want to help him and it's like then he jumps in. it's like so it's like a funny opening scene. like this could be fun and then it just kind of like meanders along like it just doesn't ever have any yeah. kind of like direction at, yeah because they feel like they're just at odds with each other like it's not like on paper it sounds fun but they i feel like they can't coexist in the same movie it's like
2: no and, and that might be why I've never tried to track this one down or never seen it because the vibe of a Clint Eastwood movie and kind of his persona yeah. clashes so hard with the vibe and persona of Burt Reynolds. Both of them guys with a very strong persona that kind of pervades all their movies. Yeah, and and those are <laughs> not things that mix. Yeah,
0: it felt like maybe a, a clash of egos, possibly. <laughs> um, sure. I think I read something where they somebody got the original director fired, and the original director was somebody. Oh, Robert also got hurt in this movie pretty badly because he had a broken jaw, and then he had <gasps> to get his jaw like wired shut. And he had it was in a liquid diet; he lost thirty pounds. So I do, I did start to notice they put him in like big suits and jackets uh, and he looked thin bulky anyway. bulky clothes bulky yeah. clothes. they were trying to like hide him and uh so that's not fun and <laughs> they um oh and east would only agree to do the movie that he'd be paid more than burt reynolds and his name would appear first <laughs> <laughs> of course um I am trying to find out so it was somebody like notable who was gonna write and direct Blake Edwards was gonna do mm. it and then uh I think he either left or got fired so it's a movie with like a whole bunch of problems <laughs> and like you could tell um <laughs> i wish that guy kind of was called the burt reynolds route and just kind of like funny because then it tries to be serious sometimes it doesn't feel right, right. for the movie um i randomly had this blu-ray because i bought it at a 7-eleven like years ago <laughs> <laughs> when they that had, sounds I'll,
2: like a 7-eleven blu-ray
0: hey the movies you buy is what they're called and they used to have right. it like the front and they had a bunch of random movies some things were like out of print or hard to find and I think the City Heat Blu-ray is like kind of hard to find. So I'm kind of glad I grabbed it for like five bucks. Um, I just pulled <laughs> Blu-rays off the shelf and I was like, I got to watch. I'm trying to be better to about pulling off Blu-rays I own that I have not watched. And that nice. was one of the first ones. But it was disappointing. I mean, it wasn't the worst time, but it was just kind of like, this should be better. Uh, so <laughs> Sounds um, weird.
2: Yeah. But not good so weird. weird.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> just like this didn't work. You know, it's like, yeah, this just did not work um okay favorite thing i've watched i'll bring up but not favorite favorite but like these things my favorite um a movie with our boy michael douglas i don't know if he's our boy or not but i'm thinking of fatal (laughs)
2: attraction (laughs) we Um, really enjoyed talking about him
0: we did we gave him a lot of shit on that episode (laughs) we did um this is michael douglas in like good guy mode which is weird for me because i'm used to him being Oh, it's, it's the Star Chamber. I didn't say the name of the movie. And we called the Star Chamber director Peter Hyams that listen to this Matt Bledsoe Hound for Justice premise of this movie. <laughs> Frustrated with a legal system gone haywire, a secret society of judges hire hitmen to snuff out criminals who escape court justice over. uh, Like like kind of like uh, what's the word? Um. When, like, oh, the evidence wasn't put in right. A very small, Uh ticky-tacky, like, little stuff like that. And they get the the whole case is thrown out. Um, So it's this group of judges that get together and have, like, a secret society. When somebody gets off on a technicality, is what I'm trying to think of, Um, they basically send somebody to kill them. (laughs) And Michael Douglas keeps being involved in these cases (laughs) where it's, like, he's the judge. And he's getting frustrated because, like, he knows, like, like this is bullshit, but he has to like he's trying to stick to like the letter of the law. Like uh-huh. oh, there's oh my god, it, my blood was boiling <laughs> because it was like <laughs> it was like two cops follow this guy because there's been someone like mugging and murdering like old women in this neighborhood and they Ew. follow they follow a guy who like basically they're like he did it we we just know we did it and they followed him back to his house and he throws the gun into a garbage can outside his house. I'm like, shit, we can't search the garbage can because that's like part of his property. And it's illegal search and seizure. It's like, the guy's like, wait, here's what we can do. The garbage trucks coming. (laughs) So we can wait till the garbage man throws it in (laughs) and then we can grab the gun. And then it goes to court and the guy's lawyer, the the murderer's lawyer is like, where did you take the gun out of on the the garbage truck? Because you took it out of the bin before it was tossed (laughs) with the rest. That doesn't count. (laughs) and so michael douglas is like he's right there's precedent and he has to let this guy go even though they're like we know this guy killed these people so i'm just like god damn it someone needs to stop so i'm like (laughs) somebody needs
2: to make this right where
0: is justice i was screaming and then there's like one where (laughs) there's like someone who they get pulled over on like uh i can't remember why they get pulled over like two guys in a van get pulled over for some reason but then they the cops are like i think i smell marijuana which is kind of bullshit but then they find Stuff right. that leads to like child murder and I, I will I won't say more. But so like that kind of stuff. Where, but then that gets thrown out, and Michael Douglas is like this is bullshit. And like he's hanging out with blanking on his name, um, how Holbrook, who is like nice. been a judge too forever, and he's like always chill about these people getting off. And Michael Douglas is like, how are you so? he's like mad he's like i am so frustrated yeah. with the system how are you so calm about this and like he's like i'll tell you later and he's like no tell me what's going on like you're something you're hiding something from me so he tells him about the star chamber uh i don't know why it's even called that but the, like the secret Jud- judge society and they let him in and like uh and then they kind of he finds out how this all works and what's going on and how these judges like get things brought to them where they're like this guy got off on this technicality and it's like they vote to i guess kill him or not kill him and then of course something goes awry like right away that is somebody else posted on a podcast recently I was listening to this movie it was like the something there's like no there's not enough time michael douglas being in the the group it's like he gets in the group like one thing happens and then immediately the system is like gone haywire like something goes wrong with their <laughs> system and it's like right to basically the finale of like michael douglas like trying to set something right and mm. so it's like missing like a more of a middle, or like I don't know, it takes forever to get him in the star chamber, and then like once he's in, it's like two minutes, and it's racing like, oh to no. the finish. Yeah, the system's broken. Oh no! And it's like, um, but it's like I was really into it for most of the movie. It does fall off near the end a little bit, but it's like really good Michael Douglas performance, like, and him being nice. like just a good guy <laughs> like, he didn't have uh,
2: sex in the movie
0: he does not have sex one time
2: oh wow
0: one time he's too stressed about the injustice going on i feel like at one point his wife is like trying to come on to him and he's like no i've seen too much like he's
2: oh i have to see this yeah, a movie where wild. michael douglas doesn't have sex with somebody he
0: plays just like a good guy it, it was crazy just I was a, like, this yeah just a nice guy completely against what i think of michael douglas <laughs> and like yeah i thought it was pretty good like the like how he wrestles with all this stuff and um yeah it was a really good performance i thought um peter hyams a very good director underrated i think like a journeyman director um yeah, I just I wish it had, like sucked the landing better because it it just doesn't quite get there. But as a Hound for Justice, I was enjoying nice. it. So,
2: Is that your last one?
0: My last one, yeah.
2: Can I give you one one more? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a personal recommendation for you. Okay. Now you're talking about Hound of Justice. I've <laughs> I've got for you a cat for justice movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because it's streaming on the at the time of this recording, it's on the Criterion Channel. They're doing a cat curation this month. Okay, <laughs> and it's the Shadow of the Cat. It's a Hammer film from 1961, and it stars Barbara Shelley, Andre Morell. This movie is so fun. It's uh, who's the director? John Gilling.
1: Uh huh.
2: An old woman her gold her old gold digging husband and his greedy family the greedy servants they kill this old woman for an inheritance and the only witness is her tabby cat tabby (laughs) and these rat finks think that they're going to get away with it they're all in cahoots tabby saw everything And Tybee's not having it. And the cat is gonna see that every single person involved in the conspiracy goes down.
0: Oh my god, this sounds amazing. (laughs) I read the description, I was like, I have to see this.
2: And the cat seeks revenge. (laughs) And the people in the house, like they're they're, you know, it's the cat is kind of stalking them and you know, spying on them, but it's their guilt. That's really uh-huh. heightening the tension in the house. The cat really unnerves them because they all know what they've done. And like, you know, it's, this could go horribly wrong. But yeah. <laughs> Tabby, a cat for justice, <laughs> the shadow of the cat.
0: This does sound like a good time. The cat, you would
2: enjoy revenge. it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. No, because I... it,
2: it's not even just revenge, but it's like, no, Tabby want, I, I don't want to spoil the ending or anything okay. for you, but it's like, no, Tabby will not rest. <laughs> until the full truth comes out and everybody involved wow. pays for it.
0: Mm. All right. it's There will it's be awful. justice. All right. that's I've I i can't really wait to hear that before. That sounds very fun. That sounds like a good time.
2: <laughs> You'll dig it the most, friends.
0: Probably, yeah. And I see it's an hour and 18 minutes long. Oh, man. Yep. Couldn't get any better. And then that is all <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that bonus recommendation. You're welcome. So, That's just um, for you.
2: But everyone everyone can enjoy oh, it.
0: Oh now everyone can hear it. But oh.
2: you were talking about Hound for Justice. I am like, oh wait. I've got something.
0: There's a, a cat along with the, the hound, the cat in the head. Yes. Um, okay. All right. Well, uh yeah, I don't have anything else. So I guess time to talk about pulp fiction. Let's do this. <laughs> uh
2: this is a moment 30 years in the making
0: i know i should mention it's the 30th anniversary. well it's not quite there yet but this year is the 30th yes. anniversary of pulp fiction i believe it was recent october without looking i feel like that sounds right um won the palm door at con i forgot when con takes place that in may or something <laughs> Like, uh, I mean, so, you know, 94 in general, 30th anniversary of Pulp yeah. Fiction. We're a little early, but hey, we're here.
2: At this um, point in my life, a few months is like a blink of the eye and it's gone. Oh, I know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, so
2: I mean, it's 30 years. Just say it's 30 years. It's fine.
0: 30 years. We're celebrating 30 years of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of anniversaries of a lot of, we talked about this before off mic, but there's just a lot of, like, big movie years that are celebrating anniversaries. Yeah. 99, 94, I think 84 is a pretty good year. Um, I think 89 is okay, but I was like, yeah, mostly I'm thinking 99, 94, 84, a um, lot of lot of good stuff. But yeah, 94 Pulp Fiction is like comes out of nowhere, right? I mean, like, I mean, almost out of nowhere because he made Reservoir Dogs, but it's like sure. this is on a different level. Like, yes, <laughs> that just blows up and has so many imitators. And I talk about all this from a place of like. Coming to it very late because I was seven in 94, (laughs) turned seven years old. (laughs) So I was not part of the Pulp Fiction discourse. Don't think I knew about it. Don't think I knew what it was for many, I'd say many years after that, but like the early 2000s is when it got on my radar. But
2: Mm. um, so how remind me, how old were you when you saw Pulp Fiction?
0: Probably like 15. Okay, which I think is the right age to see Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds right. Uh, because I think it was like O two, I want to say, it's one of those things I should remember more. But it's like a very like, I can tell you the whole thing. I bought, I went to, I went with Fye, a chain that I think still exists, uh, kind of in malls. And I went to an Fye and had no, I'm a, okay. I saw Reservoir Dogs on TV at a friend's house, and then I went to Fye and bought the DVD, which was like those cool dvds that had like a different color for each guy in the group reservoir dogs
2: oh yeah i remember that
0: you could pick I think they had every, like everybody except who didn't get one like mr blue i think didn't get one maybe or so, somebody didn't get one and i remember being like that's sad for that person um but oh. i ended up with i ended up with tarantino so i had mr brown i think it was the only one that was there but um because <laughs> i just you know it's fine but i would have picked like harvey Keitel or you know uh, Tim Roth. But yeah, you know, I was like, picked Tarantino. I was like, cool, this is it. And I, those extras on the Reservoir Dogs DVD were like life-changing. Like, I, I was like, I'm hearing about movies in a different way for the first time, watching the stuff. He's talking about so many different movies on those extras, and there's so much. Like, it's such like a, it's so full of information, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this. And then I feel like, I'm like, wait, he has another movie? Because we're still pre- kill bill at this point so there's a big gap it's you know it's paul fiction jackie brown and then a big gap and i'm like wait there's more and then i find paul fiction and then my head explodes because i'm just like oh my god this is like i love this way even, even more than reservoir dogs and it was like this is like game changing for me at like 15 or 14 or 16 however, somewhere in that range that i was and yeah, then it was just like, oh my god, I want to make movies. Oh my god, I want to find all these movies he's talking about, like, um, you know, John Woo, and I think I knew about John Woo. That's a <laughs> like Truffaut and whoever else he's talking, Melville, and and all these other Godard, Godard, and these like seventies yeah. and 60s exploitation movies, and uh more eighties Hong Kong, which he took a lot from, uh, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So there was just so much, like, um. Like he gets a lot of crap, but it's like he's very good at like telling you the influence. I don't think he's like ever really trying to pretend that much that he made stuff up. Like he'll tell you where it came from and like um, tell you what he's ripping off. But it's like he was always like ripping off stuff. I felt like that other people just weren't talking about and aren't and weren't really like it wasn't the hot thing to rip off. So it wasn't like, you know, and he's melding them all together. So it was massive, like it was pretty massive when I found that one-two punch of Reservoir Dogs* and *Pulp Fiction*. Um, and yeah, so that's that's my quick little backstory. Um, how, wait, you don't want me asking, or you can just tell me yeah. you saw *Pulp Fiction* '94. Did you see it in a theater? How did you see *Pulp Fiction* '94?
2: So or- I think I actually, I, I think I actually ended up seeing it the next year. So here's what happened. I think I, I think I was able to see it the next year so 94 it's in the theaters there's all this kind of buzz as people are seeing it and you know some of it's really good buzz that people's minds are blown to some of its controversy because you know no one had ever seen something like it was Mm -hmm. different my parents went to the movies without me oh (laughs) and they saw Pulp Fiction and they left. <laughs> they walked out of Pulp Fiction.
0: We know how far they got into Pulp Fiction. Uh, they if
2: out. I remember, the thing my mom mentioned was Vincent Vega shooting up. Oh, my that's parents very, were done. It's not very. My far, parents were done. <laughs> uh huh. I, I don't know if they left as soon as as soon as he dropped that plunger, or if <laughs> if they waited a little bit. All I know is my parents walked out in the middle of. Pulp fiction and came home and told me it was like the most disgusting (laughs) offensive filth. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I was a teenager. And so my reaction was, I need to see that like now.
0: As soon as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Of course, you know, I was I was a drunk. So (laughs) (laughs) it didn't have the money that I any money I did get, I spent on booze. So I didn't see it right away, um, but I did see it as a teenager. I think I probably saw it at some point in 95, 96, the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my big introduction to Tarantino. Now, kind of, because it's like all around that same time, like, you know, True Romance and, and I saw Natural Born Killers. And after I saw Pulp Fiction, I then went back and saw Reservoir Dogs. Um, But Pulp Fiction, seeing that as a teenager and at that time when it was kind of at the forefront of this whole young filmmakers making the films they want to make, indie films having a resurgence and and these uncompromising films coming out you know, where where a a, a young director gets to just make their vision happen. And it it all felt very fresh and exciting and like you're seeing things that you haven't seen before. And I mean, my mind was blown (laughs) and I was obsessed. Now, faithful, dedicated Film Feast listeners who listen to our Jackie Brown episode will know that Currently, my my top Tarantino movie is Jackie Brown. But for many many years, it was Pulp Fiction. I've seen it so many times; I can still quote <laughs> the damn thing yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as as soon as I got internet access, which for me was in ninety seven.
0: Oh, okay. You were ahead of the curve I, a little bit. I felt like, yeah.
2: Like, this was the kind of stuff I was looking up, like about the music and the movies and the things that interested me. Cause it used to be like you had to like dig. Oh, yeah. By magazines and piece together information about stuff.
0: <laughs> I was on people's, like, ho- like there are people's, ma- people used to make their own web pages. I'm, I mean, I feel like mm. a really old man now. Like, you just <laughs> find like someone's personally, like, GeoCities uh, yeah. made web page. <laughs> and I was like digging through, like, people like i remember i had printed off all these like director biographies
2: yeah and things
0: like and put them in a folder
2: <laughs> i was that nerd too friends
0: okay this is good and like i was that was, nerd like, too i remember having like pages printed off by like john Wu and like sergio leone and like these other directors i'd heard mentioned by like probably mentioned by guys like tarantino and robert rodriguez yeah. um and but i remember like you just had to go find it randomly i don't remember like I don't know how old I know Wikipedia's been around a while, but I know IMDB's been around a while, but I wasn't using either one of them. <laughs> Like I don't remember when they actually started, but I remember just like going to I started
2: using pages. IMDB in the early 2000s. That
0: feels like the same for me. Like I'm looking up when they both started It, was, I'm like, it
2: was not slick like it is now.
0: No, it was very like cumbersome. I feel like it was, it was very not... bare bones. Yes. It yeah. it
2: really felt like a database back then.
0: Yeah that's true just like nothing fancy
2: i mean none of the websites were fancy
0: well that's true <laughs> it's my god <laughs> idb has been around since 1990 <laughs> like they were really early uh 96 i guess it was purchased by amazon but uh that's way longer than i thought IMDb had been around yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i don't remember like use it i just was like google and wikipedia's around 01 so okay so yeah i was just like finding stuff it was like the wild west i don't know if you were accurate or not like you know it's just kind of like i don't know i'll just take this guy's word for it and print it off like (laughs) (laughs) uh my little folder of director biographies Uh, once
2: once upon a time
0: i know kids don't know how easy they have it now
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's this right here right like it's this this love of film this like getting really into it and wanting to know everything about it and know more. It was this that someone like Tarantino starts making films and he's, it's like, he's talking right to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and his he, story. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like,
2: yeah, no, he just, he taps into that. Like you, you know, like recognizes like right so it's like you could th- it comes through in something like pulp fiction how much he loves film loves pop culture loves books how much all those influences he's drawing from and you want to know you could tell he's the kind of guy that wants to know everything about film and it taps into that part of you
0: yeah and it feels like he does that. at most times i'm like he just knows so much random stuff uh and his story was so interesting because it made it seem so attainable like (laughs) probably almost too attainable because like
1: yes it's
0: not that easy (laughs) i I don't want to say it was easy for him but it was like it it, it's like oh just go work at a video store and watch a lot of movies and you know and then you'll probably get a shot to make something (laughs) like oh no he sold some scripts like and then he had to
1: yes independently
0: get this reservoir dogs getting financed was not easy like harvey Keitel helped a lot but it's still they had like i think maybe a million dollars to make that um he had a whole movie he made like before like on his own my best friend's birthday which i don't think has seen the light of day and i don't think he wants it to but um <laughs> like so there's like a scrappiness too but yeah it, it, the story was almost like you, know, you read it's like oh he was a video store nerd and like he just you know yes uh, the cinderella just... story exactly it's like oh we can all do this and i couldn't even get a fucking job at a video store like (laughs) i was so mad i was like they would not hire me for some reason i was applying to every video store in town could not get hired
2: it's i mean i think the thing about his rise and his kind of breakthrough that's that kind of sets him apart was like how quickly he was able to get carte blanche
0: oh yeah that was very fast
2: (laughs) that That's huge because, I mean, he did have setbacks, things. It it wasn't like it was handed to him. He did have scripts that were rejected, that they shopped him around. He had to sell some of his scripts off. True romance, Right, natural born killers. You know, so it wasn't like he made, you know, he wrote his first thing and got to direct it. And like, that's not how, how it happened. And that's all that's pretty par for the course, right? But how quickly it's like he does reservoir dogs. And then it's like Pulp Fiction is like he, like he could he could do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Two movies and, in. And, Within a span of just two years, the two movies. Yeah. And he's like do And, the and fuck he he's want.
2: Ca- and and he's never had to l- go back to making concessions.
0: Which is crazy. Yeah. It's like
2: That <laughs> is remarkable.
0: That is remarkable. That is most rare. directors like. You know, something goes wrong. They get put in director jail or they go work for hire. Like, yes, never done any of that. <laughs> like, even after no. Jackie Brown doesn't do great financially, I think. Right. I don't think it did that well. Like, it's probably as well as they want it to go. Uh, right. But like, but it takes like a long time between Jackie Brown and Kill Bill, like six mm-hmm. years. And it's but I, that period between. Pulp fiction Jackie Brown. It feels like he's just like doing like side quests in a video game. Like, what is he? He's like guest starring <laughs> on sitcoms. He's popping up <laughs> in like movies, like as little parts like um, Dust from Dust Till Dawn, which I also love. But, um, oh, but just doing random. Him. It does feel like he's just enjoying being famous and doing whatever he wants.
2: <laughs> like, I was watching old interviews. I did a lot of prep for this episode, even though I've seen Pulp fiction a million times, even though in my, in my, the years of obsession that i had with it i you know but i was like this i just love it because i'm that fucking nerd and i was watching old interviews and i and i was watching the two part the two episodes like a two-part uh interview he did for robert rodriguez the director's chair
1: oh
0: yeah 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 Mm -hmm.
2: and and i was watching some other one charlie rose but but specifically the one with robert rodriguez he was talking about like like during that time period, he was he didn't have writer's block like he was he had too many things he was writing. It's just nothing that he was ready. To put to, to go, the screen, right. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. But, that's been his thing forever. I feel yeah. like is he's yeah. talked about projects that don't happen where we can't decide what to do next. And he you know, then he just puts I guess he has that luxury. But it's just funny how he, he's like
2: again. Yeah. That's the remarkable thing is that he can get away with that shit. Not putting out a movie for a few years. Getting to do whatever the hell he wants, not having to make any concessions or, you know, compromising. Yeah, it's
0: I'm sure he's talked about this at some point. I can't remember. But uh, I imagine it's very, um, probably scary to try to follow up Pulp Fiction with Oh,
2: with it anything. would have to be. It's it like... was so huge. It was one of those, like, before and after kind of movies, it's like there's before Pulp Fiction and then there's after Pulp Fiction, and all <laughs> of the films after that that it inspired and filmmakers that it inspired and I mean it's just incredibly, yeah. incredibly influential.
0: Yeah, and I wasn't even like conscious of it, but I look back now and read, I'm like, oh yeah, this seem like there's like a real seismic shift, like when that comes out. Yeah, and then there's all it was these- huge. Pulp fiction imitators after everything
2: was different after that. Everything felt different. And it was, it was a really exciting time in that mid to late 90s. It was a really exciting time to go to the movies.
0: Yeah. We got some great movies in the second half of the 90s. Yeah. It's like
2: from 94 through 99, it was like all of these opportunities to see stuff you had never seen before that felt different and mm-hmm. new and unique and yeah it what a was time. an amazing time yeah. <laughs> it was, it was i wish i was time. a
0: little bit older so i could have experienced it more than like yeah because i wasn't probably i wasn't caring about that stuff really until definitely like 2000 later like post 2000s i would say like um then i'm just looking back like man what a time like i just think that whole time of like the, all the independent filmmakers coming up like in the early mid nineties, like, cause it's not, it's Tarantino, it's Rodriguez. They were at the same Sundance film festival 92 with Reservoir Dogs and El Mariachi, I believe. And then the, the, whoever else involved in four rooms, like Alison Anders, I'm totally blanking on the, Andre Rockwell, I think is his name. Um, and they're all getting like shots. Like everyone's getting like a, a big studios, like, Hey, come make a movie. Like Tarantino did it. Like, Oh, you had a big hit at Sundance. Come make a movie. And sadly, nobody really seemed to fare as well as Tarantino. But like, oh, um... no, but
2: it, it inspired that kind of people with that passion for movies being like, oh, I could do that. It's like people that tell stories of going everyone who went and saw the Sex Pistols mm-hmm. started a punk band like oh, it's, yeah. it's like that, you know, it's like, yeah, every every film lover, like real like film nerd that went out and saw Pulp Fiction. Wanted to go make a movie, it's had that effect
1: yeah i
0: i it seems like it was so in pop culture at that point pulp fiction like all like i'm sure there was parodies and all these things i need probably references i don't remember because i wasn't i wasn't old enough but like it does seem like it was just everywhere um
2: it was and it was like like the cast that was like a huge deal mm -hmm. we lost our minds over the fact that he he dug up um john travolta <laughs> we hadn't seen Don- john travolta in anything of note in years a lot of years nothing i was interested
0: in well yeah it sounds like some of our have podcast too recently about like was he really in the away for that long or was he just doing stuff that wasn't very good because he was doing like the look who's talking movies
2: right that wasn't my thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I know the first one did well. I don't think the sequels were so he was doing that, and I guess yeah, I guess like they had people. some like people hadn't seen him like really act
1: in a long. It had like, been really... a long
2: time, especially when you consider that he had you know, you know his breakout Saturday Night Fever, and he had to blow out like he had done Greece, like he had done these films that he seemed really poised to have this amazing career, and there were some lulls, and there was some time where he was mm-hmm. kind of on the outs.
0: Right, we're doing and that so when design.
2: he quality, yeah, yeah, or <laughs> yeah. you know that just people just were not that interested in, and mm-hmm. and he wasn't enough of a draw at that point. He comes out in Pulp Fiction, we were just like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> we just couldn't, <laughs> you know. It was like things like that that were so amazing.
1: Yeah, his ability, I,
2: you know. to make careers samuel jackson obviously had done other things prior to this but it's oh yeah it's like this was like a defining like you're a household name now right kind of performance (laughs) kind of character
0: Out, out of all the casts big cast of people everyone does good i still think like sam jackson just comes out of the movie like just To me, like, how can you not leave the movie? The first time you ever see it for the first time, he's like the thing that stands out more than anything. He's incredible. (laughs) Like, I was just like, nobody else. Nobody else could deliver these lines like Sam Jackson is doing. Like, um, you know, people oh, I can see this person being cast. No, literally cannot see anybody else doing these lines that Sam Jackson is doing. And the way he delivers like, I mean everything. Like, it's just like the first scene in the apartment. Um, he does his whole Ezekiel speech. Like, I mean, just even the questions leading up to that when he's like, it's kind of threatening, but it's still kind of funny. Yeah, it's
2: intimidating, but it's you know, he's got charm. Right. <laughs> but you are being intimidated.
0: Yeah. Stuff.
2: And he ramps up the intimidation. And I love the juxtaposition of when when he when he quotes Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, well, Tarantino's version of Ezekiel right. 25, <laughs> Which I 17. found out
0: many years later was not real. I thought that was the real thing for a long <laughs> time not. and I was like, nope, made it up.
2: <laughs> um, there is an Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, But it's not but that. It's not that. <laughs> no. I mean, the, the very last part is actually very close, but that whole thing is, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, you compare that to when he delivers it again in the diner. At the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like all the nuance of that character and and like the transformation that he's had, that moment of clarity, how it's mm-hmm. changed him. I mean, it's incredible, it's an incredible performance. I yeah.
0: I mean he
2: I still think it's Samuel L. Jackson's best performance I was ever.
0: Thinking that rewatching it today, it was like this still may be his like definitive and best performance. It's he incredible. He, he gets the he gets the arc. I don't know if anybody else really has a character arc besides Sam Jackson, but uh, yeah, just the just the yeah that speech from the first time he tells it to the second time, and he even says like just some cold shit to say to somebody before I kill him, <laughs> and then it's like it's God I, the way he like turns around like the first time he's in the apartment, and he's like with furious he like does that furious where he like kind of like vibrates almost it's just furious anger, and God I just I still quote things from that but, like it's like this is a tasty Burke. Look, get a good burger, <laughs> wash it down with this. Look at the bear. big
2: bread on, on bread. Uh, that I can quote. Yeah,
0: talk about old internet. <laughs> we, me, and my friends found. Oh my god, what's the website called? They had soundboards. It was like I think it was called. Was it Newgrounds? There was a website that had like celebrity soundboards, mm. and you could uh like they had Schwarzenegger and like people were go on and like just hit the button and it would say something and we tried to prank call people with the sam jackson soundboard but it was all like it was almost all paul <laughs> fiction quotes like it's incredible he has thing. this
2: this his command and control of his voice yeah it's, is one of my favorite things i'm a voice person i love a good voice no wonder that i i love listening to podcasts <laughs> like just like i used to love radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be in choir love singing like I love when people really use their voice as an instrument and yeah he gets like the way he delivers those lines it's just it's so good yes he does kind of get a little shouty but it it, it's just right it's just right
0: I feel like it fits for what he's doing at that moment. yes yes Uh, yeah he's so good uh it's, like, it's just i was again like this is just the best i his stuff i heard throughout the whole movie like um i'm curious about theirs because i feel like this has been a talking point with Paul for a long time and i felt the same way I, th- how do you feel about like i guess break it down by segments i have always thought the bruce willis butch segment is like my least favorite sequence of really yeah Always been my least favorite. I used to, re like, it's funny for a movie, I said it was my favorite movie of all time, Gave Five Stars, and I had a seg- a sequence where I was like, I don't really like that sequence because I don't, it's mostly the, basically the minute he jumps out the window and gets in the cab, that whole part mm-hmm. up until he gets back with uh, Fabian in the hotel and that whole chunk, when he leaves the hotel and goes to the apartment, I'm kind of back on board. The whole little bit, the cab in the hotel where they're just talking about pot bellies and, and all that stuff i when i was younger i was like can we just get past this to so the good i think i wanted to get back to sam jackson and john travolta so bad that sure. i just i mean it definitely ramps up when him and vinny rames are like
2: it does know, yes going through
0: what they're going through but now i'm much uh i, I mean i just accepted it or i don't know i kind of enjoy it more like i don't know her uh oh my God, what's her name? I should know. Um, Fabian, that girl. Uh, that girl. Like, her her performance is like so weird to me in a way that now I think I like a lot more. <laughs>
1: um, the
2: character of Fabian is is watching it this time. I think maybe <laughs> maybe because I'm old now was a little. Like her character gets a little cringy over time for me. The character of Fabian, because she's so childlike. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And and very intentionally so. Um. But I also see, like, you know, she she very reminiscent of those like 60s French films with the wafy little pixie girl with the little cutesy voice and the alluring eyes and you know it's just very much that
0: maria i i i I enjoy that segment i feel bad i did not know her name right off the top of my head but uh i like it more now i i think i I, it's the kind of a like a stop the movie hangout (laughs) type thing and it's like (laughs) i I feel like he's going for like a yeah like a french new wave or something where it's just people kind of having a conversation yes uh about I was about nothing, but it's just—it's very like,
2: that a couple, a couple in a hotel couple, room.
0: Yes, talking about pancakes, having and a conversation. Bellies. Yes, <laughs> like at the time when I'm younger, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are we to get back to the the action? Let's go! <laughs> like, come on, very impatient. So, what,
2: so you, so you get back on board. You get back on when... board,
0: basically, when the shit goes down. Like when he sees, well, even I guess when he gets to the apartment and he kills Sean Travolta, and then when he hits Who... being rams of the car. And it's like, oh shit, Vincent Vega!
2: What are you doing?
0: Yeah, rookie move. Very rookie move, which I was okay.
2: Can we (laughs) real quick? Can we talk about this side? Can we just kind of as an aside, Vincent Vega? Kind of inept.
0: Yeah, he's. (laughs) He's... I thought he was so cool, you know, when I was younger. He is cool, but very laid back. Kind of an idiot and kind of a fuck up, (laughs)
2: like. I mean, there, there's two there's two major issues here that if you're going to be a hitman, if you're going to be muscle. You, you need to know how to handle firearms. You would think that's a prerequisite yeah. of the job. Yeah. Unless you're going to use a garrote or a knife. Yeah. But if you're your like, primary knife
0: guy. Yeah. That's
2: <laughs> yeah. If your M.O. is 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 handguns, you, you should know how to use them. And how to use them safely and properly. When he shoots Marvin in the face, everybody knows. Anybody who's ever handled a weapon knows. Anyone who goes to get, like in California, you have to get a handgun safety card. If you're going to like go shoot at a range or if you're going to buy a handgun. Muzzle discipline, my friends. You do not point a weapon at somebody unless you're planning, unless you're intentionally, you don't point a weapon at something you don't want to destroy. Right. Especially basically. with your
0: finger on a trigger. I would and you
2: never, leave, you never, ever, <laughs> ever put, leave your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to pull it.
0: Yeah. I feel like I heard some never. theory floated around that, that people were like debating, do you think Vincent meant to kill him? And he played off like what benefit no, is there?
2: He's just inept. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was like, there's no benefit of him like killing him on purpose. No. I don't think. I think he's just inept and he yeah it's like he's just a... a dummy
2: <laughs> you go you go to the apartment of the guy you're supposed to kill okay you need to go to the bathroom you like to have a little read you're gonna take your time on the toilet that's fine you don't leave your handgun unattended yeah Take it to the bathroom with you. Set it on the counter next to the sink.
0: Especially when your whole point is you're waiting possibly for the guy to come home. So yes. <laughs> like you could come home while you're in the it's just yeah. He's not the best. What's
2: cool about this, this though is that when you know that Vincent Vega is related. <laughs> um so is it Vic Vega? What's the name I believe of the it's-
0: Vic'd, yeah i think it's vic i i should know that in again, reservoir
2: episode. dogs those guys are related that guy was a nep too
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah
2: so maybe this just runs in the family <laughs> not too bright
0: yeah that is possible uh it is vic it is vic vega um yeah. Uh, which I still wish we got that Vega Brothers movie. It's not gonna happen now. I know. But I wish we <laughs> he teased that one for years. Like I feel like that was that the one been that cool. he talked about all the time. And I'm like, you have this done somewhere, don't you? <laughs> I mean like, just... the
2: reason <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would have been cool. <laughs> uh... This is before de-aging. So
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. Uh
2: uh, which I aging creeps me out. Anyways, so you 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 kind of get back on board with that last with with uh with the bruce willis gold watch segment you get back on board in the apartment when he goes back to get the gold watch on the little kangaroo
0: yeah that's when i'm back on board
2: that's when you're back (laughs) on board
0: yeah (laughs) i just feel like we have there's some urgency and there's some sense of tension and like you know it's like I, i don't know it always like i would check out a little bit as soon as he got in that cab and has that pretty long conversation with, with the caveat, Esmeralda Villalobos, yes,
2: which he's a Villa Lobos. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, booch, uh, that, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I'm like, his poor baby. I feel, bad I feel mean now that I was like, I found her very annoying. <laughs>
2: She's no, she, the older I get, the more annoyed I am.
0: Okay, I feel bad because when he I wasn't re-
2: before. He,
0: he kind of flips out in the hotel and then he calms down and was like, It's not your fault. She had told you how important it was. And then he sees him by himself in the car and he's like, God damn it. I told her how important it was. And I was like, I have done that before. Like in front of somebody, I'm like, It's cool. It's cool. And I'm like, God damn it. We talked about this.
2: Like, how did they <laughs> put this
0: up? Um, but yeah, she's a little frustrating. Um, I was like, You two are probably not going to make it uh, for very long after. Uh, I
2: don't think that's going to work out.
0: I don't think it's a long term relationship. Although no. I, she, I, she needs him well she might wise up and be like I don't need this guy I don't know we don't get too much this, in
2: this is this is not the life for her because no. I don't see <laughs> okay butch butch killed some people right he <laughs> he it was obviously you know had these mob connections or you know organized crime connections. He rips them off and had no compunction about it. Like he had no problem trying to rip off Marcellus Wallace. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah, like what is Butch going to do now? He's (laughs) always been a boxer. Like, what what is he going to do now? I just I just don't see this guy staying on the straight and narrow. Yeah. You know. He's I just like, don't think it's not going to work.
0: He's like, we got a good amount of money, but you know, like we can't be crazy <laughs> with it. And I feel like. Yeah. This whole thing is going to unravel at some point. It won't but be long. No, no, no. So, well, I feel like those guys are going to be very well disposed of by Marcellus Wallace because he's.
2: Oh, yes. Very upset. <laughs> that's now.
0: Bing Rames in that <laughs> scene is amazing.
2: Yes. Like, <laughs> Bing Rames in this movie is amazing. And that's oh, really yeah. the time where he really shines. But. Even when we're first introduced to him.
0: Without seeing his when face. When he's, yeah.
2: yes, you know, when he's giving that, that speech to Butch about throwing mm-hmm. the fight and how pride never helps. It only hurts, you know, it's great delivery. But yes, like when, I <laughs> when Butch, when he's walking to the crosswalk with his donuts, and his coffee, <laughs> And motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 and then, yes, once they get oh. to to the pawn shop rape dungeon.
0: <laughs> a sentence or a, a phrase you don't hear very
2: often. <laughs> a phrase you don't hear very often. Um, I love one of my favorite parts is the performance that Ving Rames and Bruce Willis are giving when they're gagged. Oh, yeah. They have the ball gags in their mouths, and and Tarantino's doing that thing where we're we're you know we're we're just focused on the reaction of the person who's talking off screen, mm-hmm. and so Zed and Maynard are talking about what they're gonna do, and I mean it's horrific, and and the reactions. The facial expressions of Ving Rams and Bruce Willis is just like, as it's becoming more and more clear to them, like how mm-hmm. serious this, like how messed up this situation is and what is right. about to happen <laughs> and how helpless they are when the gimp comes out and <laughs> it's like the looks on their faces just like, oh my God
0: oh and then when they, they pick thing rames and he's just like mm. like he just
2: he just yes. no words he can't
0: verbalize it but you just
2: he can't speak because he's got a ball gag in his mouth right. but but it comes it comes uh, through and then when he's rescued oh yeah his you know yeah
0: talk about great voices. you like great yes, voices what, oh
2: is. <laughs> i do he's got such an amazing voice for this stuff yeah and his delivery of you know telling uh what's about to happen to zed Mm-hmm. and um and then that whole you know there is no me and you and letting uh butch know that it's squashed he just needs to get out of town i just i love it
0: fair fair trade-off yeah it's like, <laughs> get out of here you got I hours to get out of here um <laughs> so yeah he's great like it, just i Tarantino like tarantino's very good at letting like people shine because i mean he gives them great dialogue to say yes and then i feel like people just relish it like it's get, get to say this stuff like yeah um, and Pulp I mean, Fiction I, has
2: these great characters and this and all of the characters have this great dialogue and all of these little all the little idiosyncrasies and the mm-hmm. the the personality of each of the characters. And that's a lot for the actors, you know, to get to play with. It's excellent. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I still that's think I still it think it's
1: excellent.
0: After all these years, nobody says his dialogue is good as Sam Jackson, though. Yeah. Sam Jackson still tops. I don't even know who's second. <laughs> Definitely number one. Um,
2: I but... mean, Christopher Walken telling the story oh, of the God. watch young butch. Oh, that's one of the greatest monologues in so cinema good. history
0: and becomes hilarious as it goes. Like I saw that I was like, when i going to see this in a theater like five years ago or so. Uh, I never had seen it in a theater before. And I saw it in a theater and that watch speech like when it kind of gets to the, that's like the punchline. But like, your father head up his ass. It's like it's just how how many asses did this watch go through? And then he's like, and now I want you to have it. It's like, can you? Yes, um,
2: that's my, the best. That like, <laughs> like we talked like it was it it lived up someone's ass for seven years.
0: Right, multiple. <laughs> and
2: then yes. he's like,
0: and here you go. And my friend just, I remember I had a friend who was like dying laughing. He's, he, he actually hadn't seen it before, and he was just like. <laughs> It's just like he's <laughs> he just losing it. He's like, he's giving this kid a watch, it's been up somebody's ass, <laughs> like, uh, like yeah, hoot and hollering. Um, like, just the idea, like, I just, just want you to think about it for two seconds. It, like, this kid sitting there hearing this insane story where it's getting like more and more like graphic, and he's using like, I'm walking, using like this ridiculous. Outdated racist language toward the Vietnamese, but still, it's like he's telling it to a child. It's like the 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 joke of it all. It's
1: like
2: so. I mean, we have to talk about this, right? Yeah, we have to talk about this in general with this movie and and anyone who listened to the Jackie Brown episode when we got to our rankings, this came up towards the end. The kind of bonus segment at the end of the episode where where we started talking about this. Um. You know, when we talked about this before, I pointed out my discomfort now with the with Quentin Tarantino's Jimmy, that character, oh. and yeah, yeah. Quentin Tarantino <laughs> throwing the N word around like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. What I had not thought about. And I had just rewatched it too. I don't but I think after that conversation I was even more hyper aware And then as I was doing, I was doing my research, I was like refreshing myself on the history of pulp fiction. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So (laughs) when we're first introduced to Lance, played by another one of my cinema boyfriends, Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. Yeah. I love that man. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) When we're introduced to Lance, I had forgot that he throws the N-word around. He drops a couple.
0: It gets. I was thinking that day. I was like, "Wow, his really get not talked about." I think because Tarantino's is so front and center, and like Lance is saying it. I don't think you even see his face. It's like his back is to the camera. Yes, and yes. It's like it's just maybe once. I think he says it once or something, and it's he like says, kind it of says like it once. I think tossed off, but it's like I was like, "Oh, like I recalled at that one too." I was like, ooh, yes. like I don't like." I mean, he is a drug dealer, so I don't. <laughs> it's like he's not like a nice guy or anything, but uh, but
2: he but he's he's not like. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of <laughs> weird. It's kind of, I knew like Lance reminds me of people I knew that were like pod dealers. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. Or people that sold acid. Like he reminds me of those dudes <laughs> that I knew. Like, I sold acid. no, man, no. And this is what's interesting is that during the casting portion, like Tarantino was going to either do J- Jimmy or Lance. And it was like so, Eric Stoltz would do like he was going to do whichever one Eric Stoltz didn't do.
0: Hmm. Eric Stoltz is like, I don't want to say that. Word I'll that take many
2: times. I'll, I'll take the one that only has the N word once.
0: Right. Basically, like it's
2: but either yeah. way, Tarantino was signing up Tarantino wrote these characters saying the N word. And he one way or another, he was going to say the N word in this film.
0: Right. That's OK that is like the part that's so you see
2: what i'm saying weird this is what me. i'm yeah, saying yeah. This, this we is what I'm this a saying. lot on
0: jackie Brown, i think because it like we did in
2: that movie
0: he's writing it's not
2: cool man it's not
0: no 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 no. it's not cool it makes me it does make me like really like it gets more and more uncomfortable like every time i watch yes the movie. as the years like, go on as the years go on like i was never comfortable with it for sure uh, no but it just gets like it gets also it's worse and it gets weirder because i'm like what was tarantino yes. doing what was he thinking that he's like yes i feel like he yeah really wanted to play i thought i heard he really wanted to play the jimmy part like that was like he's i want to put myself on this part i'm like why are you putting yourself in this why yes. this character quentin why yes. and like yes uh saying it to sam jackson just awkward enough and i don't know sam jackson i think has always defended him like over the years Yes, like, yeah but to, to my him.
2: to my recollection,
0: and and then I don't I don't know if this is supposed to be that like a punchline or like something like. But Bonnie is a black woman. We see her very briefly walking yes. in, that, in that like fantasy sequence. They imagine yeah. if she comes home, and I'm like, what is <laughs> what is happening? Well,
2: because you know, the like Jimmy strikes me it. as that that that. Kind, well, yeah, he feels entitled to use it. Well, I'm married to a black woman. I have black friends. Right. He's i'm in right right which is wrong which is what wrong. i
0: think tarantino yeah. has thought of himself in the real world for you if That's you read
2: possible his
0: book uh cinema speculation i feel like he talks a lot about being taken in the movies as a kid by uh his boyfriend his mom's boyfriend who was a black guy and being around like big like black audiences seeing black rotation sure. movies and like I just think he wants to be a part of the culture so badly that it just is weird. And there's clips, I've joked about it with like Hayden and Mark, like of we clips of Tarantino doing interviews, like, uh, you know, just, and he's like got a tangle on and he's putting on like a black way of what he thinks is a black way of speaking. Sure. And it's like very awkward. And you're like, what is this guy doing? Like, there's like a weird. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) It. It's, right, it's like it's so bizarre to me. It's very and, bizarre and people
2: used to get away with this in the nineties.
0: Oh yeah, there was a lot uh, of this happening. Yeah, I
2: I picked up on I I just picked up on it was just, just really smacking me in the face. This this rewatch, um, you know, in the beginning, Pumpkin, Ringo slash Pumpkin, uh, Tim Roth's <laughs> character, he throws around. Some racial okay. slurs. Right. But you're kind of like, okay, this guy's like a, he's like a criminal. So you're kind of like, okay, we're, we're supposed to think he's the bad guy. So, um, uh, Walken's character that that's supposed to be taking place. What in the seventies? Probably. Yeah. In the seventies. Post Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there, and, and he would have been from the, the older generation. Right. So that kind of tracks, like you can get away with it. Right, with that character, it makes sense. Someone who served in Vietnam and was from that older generation and served.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that just very
2: likely they're using that language. Right, right. So, so that makes sense for that character. I, I can, I can dislike the use of the language, but for the character, it makes sense.
0: That yeah, that one, that one makes sense in the terms of what's happening. The the Tarantino thing is like. Him playing Jimmy, to me, is still, like...
2: No, dude.
0: I cannot separate... Talk about this, I cannot separate art from artists <laughs> in that
2: scene because he put himself <laughs> in the movie. It's like... I know. I know.
0: You know, oh, my God. I don't know. It's, like, it's one of those things that makes it hard to fully uh, kind of embrace him because he does weird shit. He just, he's a weird guy and, like, just <laughs> is off-putting at <laughs> times. Like, I, get, I I could not believe, I was thinking this here today, that... Like, he has a podcast now with uh, oh, a really? co-writer. Yeah, with... um, oh my God, I cannot remember anybody's name. Avery? With Roger Avery. They do a podcast. Uh, and it's been going for a year, I think. Uh, and Video Store Confidential. <laughs> I kid, my It's Monday, folks. Um, my brain is gone. Um, but uh, they just talk about, like... Uh, I think it's mostly about the days of the video store... And they talk about a couple different movies each episode and uh, video archives podcast that's the name of the video store he worked at. So they and he bought that whole collection of movies when the store closed down. So I think he has them all in like a homemade video store and they go through mm. and like just pull stuff and talk about it. And if you had told me like two or three years ago, even there was a Tarantino podcast you talking about movies, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm gonna listen every week. I've watched right. like one episode of this show because I find him kind of hard to listen to now. Like, which is funny because listen to him talk all the time back in the day, but it's like, yeah, it's almost too much. It's almost too much. But it's on.
2: it's. I mean, here's the thing. So i I was watching this old Charlie Rose interview. Uh huh. You know he he did an interview for the Charlie Rose show uh, when Pulp Fiction around the time Pulp Fiction came out to promote Pulp Fiction. You know, and he's like young and, you know, exuberant. And and I was like, man, I miss this Tarantino, like in terms of his his uh, his persona and his presentation of himself and the way he speaks. Like, I I was like, man, I miss this guy. But, you know, we don't nobody, nobody, (laughs) we all grow and change. And right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the way it is um but yeah over the years it's gotten more and more difficult for sure he just
0: (laughs) just does things where i'm like you're weird but i don't know and then like yeah the like i don't know you know
2: i mean i'm weird so i know i know i I I sympathize but
0: sometimes he's like he's been i mean this is definitely people know about that he's like kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, like kind of full of himself. sometimes it feels like, or he's just like, just too much. Like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes he's just like, yeah. Like it was, yeah. Was it the video of like him and, oh my god, uh, oh my god. I'm telling, I'm blowing the story. <laughs> I can't remember. It's him and like I think Paul Thomas Anderson. And oh, like okay. A, a singer from the '90s who had a song called "Criminal Fiona Apple." I was like, only Fiona Apple. She and used like, to
2: date. Paul Thomas Anderson.
0: Okay. It was the two of them then. And I think she said yeah. there's a quote from her that was like, being stuck in a room with those two talking about movies was like <laughs> torture <laughs> or something. I would have rather like <laughs> she was like, it was torturous. I'm, in I'm surprised two. she made
2: it out of there alive.
0: No, I know. That's too much, I think. I, I like both those guys. And I it sounds like it'd be fun, but I'd be like, this is overload. Like he just it would it, be it, intense. He gets on a podcast. Like, these are much. intense
2: people. Yes.
0: Yeah it's I you know I kind of relate I feel like the brain like goes so fast he's just trying to like say all the stuff and sure
1: he has way better sure.
0: recall than I do though because <laughs> like I may know something but I'm here like who's the name of it he's like Julian blah 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 he was on the show right. in the 70s for two episodes like how the
2: fuck do you right. who knows this like
0: <laughs> um you know, he's yeah <laughs> I, I know.
2: watching this I watching Pulp Fiction again for the gazillion time I was <sighs> I really wonder, like, young viewers being introduced to this for the first time now.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, what what would that experience be like? Because as I was watching it, like, all of the pop culture references that are thrown in throughout this film, like a lot of it is these are references to things from the 70s and before (laughs) right Yeah, yeah. they're
0: old for the 90s so
2: right right uh the language stuff like the 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 offensive language stuff the, the
0: tarantino scene in that screening i saw that was packed and i think there was a lot of like people that were even younger than me there like like college because it's like a college part of town sure and i felt like people either hadn't seen it or like very uncomfortable silence like some awkward laughter almost it yeah. almost at, like some of the reactions to what to, to, but it's like uncomfortable <laughs> like it is
1: true yeah i don't
2: i don't know how this would i i'm really i'd be really curious to hear from some teenagers or people in their yeah. early 20s I, you know, like how how they experience this now well and two this was so influential and and lots of films wanted to lot a lot of people wanted to make pulp fiction after pulp fiction came out.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: When <laughs> when this happened, the narrative structure, <laughs> uh-huh. this the story being told out, out of chronological order, and and the way it was shot, the way he you know pulled together all these techniques, which were techniques that he saw from De Palma and Scorsese, and you know, but the way he put those all in one mo- movie all all of the pop culture. Like, I wonder if this would hit the same. Like, there'd be pop culture references that uh, a today's young audience would not get. Yeah. They'd have to be Googling the whole time. Like, what's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> um, yeah, you'd have language that's no longer, like, no longer flies. You can't get away with it anymore. And And a lot of the innovations in terms of, like, the narrative storytelling and, and the way the story is told, like it it's been done so many times since or attempted so many times since. Yeah. I'd be really curious. So Somebody with is... a teenage kid needs to tell me.
0: <laughs> yeah. How I, would it be goes. Curious. I mean, the funny thing is if beyond that scene, that's so uncomfortable, the rest of the movie still played like gangbusters, like the, the, the apartment oh, sure, scene, yeah. the apartment scene, people love that the nc in the diner people oh, yeah. love that I and mean, you when sam jackson's like just like bitch be cool <laughs> like all that stuff still like plays like so honestly if you took that one scene i felt like it was just that's what bog- that's why it so much too it's like does not need to be here like and it makes the whole thing so uncomfortable like it's, it's like a two and just, a half hour movie right you could drop this
2: two we could drop that easily
0: scene. um <laughs> that's the part that bothers me too. I was like, this doesn't, <laughs> ah, but like, okay, this is not like a perfect barometer of anything, but if you go on letterbox, I think it's like a younger person's medium for the most part.
2: Sure. Like, I'm curious. It's Tell it's me still, more. It's
0: still rated very highly. Like it's got a 4.3 well, out good. of 5 average, which is very high for letterbox. It's in the top yeah. 200. I think it's, I nice. think it has fallen a bit though, because it's at 159. And I feel like you should mm. be higher than that the top 250 on letterbox. But like, I feel like I see people younger who review it and still think it's great. And I don't know if it's one of those things like sometimes younger people see classic movies. It can go either way. I think sometimes they see a classic movie and they're like, I should love this because it's a classic. Or they're like, they push against it and they're like, I don't get why this is a classic. I think Pulp Fiction still mostly works because it's like, it is unique there's a lot to grab onto it's very memorable it's very quotable it's super quotable like um
2: infinitely so
0: i mean just ridiculous like it's just stuff there's stuff i forget <laughs> that even came from pulp Piction, and i'm like oh yeah yeah um so i think it still works i think there are people push against it for some of the stuff we've talked about uh which i totally understand and it's like yeah uh you know
2: it yeah. is very kinetic
0: oh it is one of the fastest two and a half hour movies because you know I'm very yeah. anti-long run times.
2: I know but that this you thing are.
0: Moves like a freight train. Again, the only it's the only thing I think slows down the pace is the Bruce Willis Fabian stuff. <laughs> I do think that <laughs> which may be intentional. I don't know. Like it's like it slows Maybe. it down. It's and it's almost, I think, right like in the middle. So it's almost like a mid-movie kind of chill out for five minutes, because it's been pretty crazy at that point. Um and that comes right after the whole uh adrenaline shot scene, right? That's what follows that up.
2: Uh well
0: <laughs> is that the
2: structure?
0: now we're a piece of the structure. I feel no. they do that's not what
2: I right? mean, the gold watch is the next segment.
0: Okay, no, but yeah, you so it's like the the gold watch speech, but then we go into right. the yeah. right okay, exactly. so it's like there's some stuff in between, but it's like yeah the adrenaline shop sequence is so it's chaotic. my favorite to this day. Okay, that is a great sequence. Can I tell you something? It's my now? favorite. I'm not afraid to yes. get this. I have a borderline, I don't want to call it a phobia. That's too strong. I have a real, me and needles do not mix. Like I am very (laughs) scared of needles. (laughs) I think phobia, I wouldn't call it a phobia because I feel like phobia, people like almost will like run out of the room from something or like just could not get a shot. Like I can do it, but I fucking hate it. I hate seeing it. I hate in movies. I I know. I know.
2: I have some friends who, yeah, they can't watch.
0: Can't. Can't watch like just the uh, sight of
2: the needle starts to make them feel kind of
0: yeah, it's, and yeah,
2: they can't watch draw blood. That just yeah, someone's like heroin. I'm like
0: yeah, like I'm like oh no, like <laughs> uh
2: so I will
0: I, for years. I I kind of got to the point. It was funny because I could watch it, and then I couldn't watch it for some reason. I couldn't do the adrenaline shot scene. I would have to like, like literally look away. And the real key I found
2: out, you poor thing,
0: <laughs> was muting it. Because it's the sound. It's really the oh, sound. Oh, it's the sound. And it hits when the needle the, they have the sound of like the needle uh-huh. going in. It's like this it's like a it's like a horrible. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um the whole thing just it to the heart. I can't like that's the part that kills me. It's like it's it's going into the heart. i like, I cannot even fathom someone like stabbing me in the heart with a needle. Like, I just kill me. Just like I because then you come out of it and you've got a needle hanging. I just hate the whole. It it kills me. So
2: rewatching this this time, I was really oh. struck by like I'm Jody. Oh, <laughs> I'm so Jody.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Well, we're first introduced to Jody earlier in the film, and she's talking about body piercing, which yeah. at that time in '94 was not mainstream yet. Oh yeah, yeah. There were some some subcultures that were doing body piercing, but body piercing you didn't have. You know, teenage suburban kids going to get their belly button pierced like that... and get you... <laughs> no th- this was not a yeah. body piercing was not mainstream in 94. It was very soon after. And actually, it's funny. I remember distinctly 94 was the first time I saw someone in my hometown with a body piercing. Oh wow. Okay. Um, because Salinas is not a hip. <laughs> it's not a uh it was not a cutting edge city right mm-hmm. so you know people had been seeing it in san francisco and la and new york for some time but we didn't that that was that was the first time body piercing came to town and they had had to go and get it in san francisco oh, wow. so but when she's when she's giving that whole spiel about body piercing i was like i've given this spiel before <laughs> and then during the adrenaline shot scene she is so just like
1: yes Fuck. I,
2: yeah, she's like watching all intently.
0: I did that's laugh totally kind of hard that today because I almost did. I, really, I that's I know I totally me. I like keyed in on it of her reaction being like excited anticipation, and I'm like, I'm terrified. Jody. Yeah, well, I'm behind, behind I'm the couch. I'm a
2: Jody. <laughs> like when they when they draw blood, I'm like watching. Like I'm like, yeah, that kind of shit excites me.
0: That does not it makes my skin crawl.
2: <laughs> kills me. Like yeah, I'm uh, a Jody.
0: Okay, well, we're we're on opposite ends. <laughs>
2: that's fun. Yeah, the the girl with all the shit in her face—that's that's my wife, Jody.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, my god, I love how well, yeah she's the in way, this way that
2: show. that scene—if you already have that? a needle thing—and then the way that that scene is shot with like mm-hmm. zoom in on the scared oh. face, zoom in on the needle zoom in on the spot on her chest yeah. you know Whoa. it's like it's ramping up that, that tension yeah it's incredible oh, Tough.
0: i couldn't that's escape amazing. it was in the movie theater a few years ago i was like oh shit i gotta watch this now because <laughs> i can't like i couldn't get out of the row i was like i have to watch it i can't you know oh it's tough <laughs> tough um but it's so that whole sequence is so intense they we're just screaming uh there's funny stuff in the it's just them screaming at each other um, like my little black book, the little medical book, come out with like just you know, like, chaos. I love screen. it.
2: It's great uh, no. dialogue because that's how couples really talk to each other.
0: How people would react, they like, get a chaos situation too, of like that what's yeah going on. It's like um but
2: that'd be the kind of stuff, well, why didn't you put it with the shot? You know, yeah. like, all those kind of that's <laughs> that a very couple, like we're in a tense situation.
0: We're still gonna bicker uh the when yeah. he opens the blind to the front door and you see the the car just roll on to the
2: I like, love it. so, well so, and yeah. switching to the handheld
0: yes i was gonna say that's key switching to handheld yes makes it feel way more because it's, it's
2: all kind of it's tilted we're getting these different angles and yes you feel the chaos of like this girl is od'ing and these people who have you know i mean they're they're high <laughs> let's just put that out there oh. this would already be a tense situation and you know but they're high as well so yeah, yeah it's just great it's i yeah. love it so that's
0: your favorite sequence the shot that's my like favorite whole... sequence okay i still say i think yeah. mine sold the diner at the end with sam jackson mm. kind of that's great just because it all builds up and i i a funny thing after yeah i saw this like what eight years after it came out or like you know and so it wasn't spoiled for me. So I was kind of my mind was still blown at all the twisty turny, you know, chronology of it. Sure. And like and Vincent getting killed. I was like, what? I was like, and then how we're back to Vincent. I had to kind of be like, what? Like, um, how we end up at the diner at the end. I'm like, oh, it's because you almost that at the beginning, you almost forget what that's even about. Like it happens so quick, and then you leave it, right? You don't come back to it for two hours and it's like oh shit right
2: well and Um, that opening i love that we get and this is something i love in film tarantino does it all throughout pulp fiction and and there are other filmmakers that do it too when we get dropped into the middle of a conversation oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's one of my favorite things in film when someone can do really good dialogue and they just drop you in the middle of a conversation and it's like there's no warm-up it's like we are in the story now and (laughs) seeing pumpkin and honey bunny having this you know their their little private conversation and then that turn when they have to you know when they're going to perpetrate this robbery the 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 shift you know the the menace in their voices the threatening aggressive voices and then miserloo kicks in and you're just like oh my god
0: is this movie yeah it's
2: like (laughs) yeah but yeah and then you don't come back to it again yeah, and it's easy to be like, oh, okay, I guess that was just—I don't know what that <laughs> was. Like, oh, that
0: was, but but it was and really you're... cool. Yeah. And, oh my god, Aunt Amanda Plummer is amazing because she looks like she would yeah. execute some people. She seems legitimately crazy. <laughs> like,
2: yes. Oh my yes. god, There's...
0: they're both good, but she's really good because I'm like, you seem legitimately. She's insane. really I'm good. Scared of you. Um. Yeah. Then you go right into the conversation about burgers and you with know, <laughs> John Travolta and Sam Jackson, <laughs> and then I just, there was some. <laughs> SNL bit where i think they were doing a thing where it's like what if tarantino cast different people or different people auditioned for the role and i feel like it's like burt reynolds doing the john travolta part and i think it's it, that's what it is and he's like doing the lines he's like quentin is this whole film about burgers or what is this <laughs> like what are we doing
1: <laughs> this
0: whole movie about cheeseburgers what is this um but uh foot stuff. massages and foot massages yeah <laughs> so oh, that's, you... that's
2: here's that okay i'm gonna ask you the question
1: uh-huh
2: i mean we we agree that tony rocky whore getting thrown out the window is excessive yeah. but if it had been about foot massages which we mia tells us it's not but if it had like so are you with jules or are you with vincent it is is the foot massage intimate enough
0: no, I'm with I'm with Jules because he says the whole thing about the ballpark. He's like, they're not even the same fucking sport. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about very different things. Like, uh, yeah, I like the foot massage. He's like, it'd be extreme to throw a man out a right. window, but
1: right,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like well, I mean, do you know? Is a foot massage an intimate thing? Now, I don't have a thing for feet.
0: No, I don't either. Maybe Terrence. So, it's like it's very intimate to me. It's this not, is what I'm saying.
2: This is what I, I'm saying.
0: It's, yeah, the feet. <laughs> so we didn't get in the feet stuff, but I, you know, the feet thing, I guess, is harmless. That's his own thing. But it's, right, we're seeing in this movie right away. I was like, oh, the fucking feet. I was like, I hate feet. Like I, you could clean those things up for days, and I'd still be like, ah, like so. I don't think of feet as like an intimate thing. I know people usually give them to their partner. When it's like, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's that. It's just not a sexual.
2: Me right is, me either so i just like, i find that whole debate hilarious even more oh, yeah. so now than i did then
0: yeah it's not still... knowing
2: then what i know now
0: <laughs> yeah and just the that and that whole thing that blueprint about like this is what they do for a living and like so hitmen don't only talk about killing people they would have normal conversations right about it's your burgers. job right yes and, like and then i feel like everyone took the wrong lessons from Pulp Fiction. It's like, oh, I know, we need twisty chronology, things out of order, and, like, just talk about random shit. And it's like, well, it's like, no, no. You can't just do those things and be like, oh, that's what Pulp Fiction did. It's like, no, the dialogue (laughs) is also really well written and the performances are great. Um, Because I think people started, like, those were the two main things I thought they took away, is, like, you know, dialogue about stuff that's not, that's what i heard again i'm just too young but like people saying like that was different and people were just talking about that things was that different were not related to the plot you know it was just yeah. like or a bit kind of related to the plot but it's like you know it's off <laughs> it gives you insight without being like we're yes. going here to do this thing
2: and he does it in reservoir dogs as well but we didn't all see reservoir dogs right right <laughs> you know pulp, pulp fiction hits so big mainstream is just so successful, as wider success that, like, yeah, that was my introduction, and and he does, he also does it in Reservoir Dogs, but definitely seeing it in Pulp Fiction, like, yo, know, this was different. Yeah, cause, now yeah, see, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> for go you, ahead. it's it's the it's the it's Fabian and Butch in the in the hotel room.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I think, especially like this last go around, I think we could shave a little bit of Jack Rabbit Slims.
1: I, I not see your not point. the whole
2: scene, yeah. not the whole scene. We could shave a, we could we could trim a little.
0: <laughs> I see your point. I think that works better for me because I think I like the dynamic better between John Travolta and Uma Thurman, and there's like a little bit of tension there, just in the there fact is. that he's nervous about being out with the boss's wife, and she's yes. kind of like, oh, she's like almost testing him or like. She's—I don't think fucking with it, but it's like I don't know. I just like it a little bit. The dynamic is more interesting to me than what's going on with Chris uh, I, I I
2: I do think it's it's more interesting and obviously, and I and I prefer Mia the character of Mia Wallace to the Fabian character. Right, I think yeah. The Mia Wallace character is just more interesting, and yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just little it, just little trims here and there in that.
1: Could
0: <laughs> see it can see it it does i don't whole, i didn't
2: it was, need it to take so long to walk to the booth
0: <laughs> well tarantino really wants to see that set decoration uh,
2: that, he really does he really does he
0: really does i
2: and you I, know it's a wax museum with a pulse and he wants <laughs> us to see it and i mean that's fine
1: a big jump this, to the budget now
2: yeah. this this at this after all these viewings I didn't feel this way the first 50 times I saw the movie. Uh I think it's, it's now having seen it so many times now, that's the part where I'm like, okay, let's move it along.
0: I understand. Let's twist.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about Tony Rocky horror and then let's twist.
0: Let's start dancing. (laughs) So no, I could see it. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, again, I you back in the day, I would have been like, oh, you can cut a bunch of the <laughs> Bruce Willis and Fabian stuff. But now I wouldn't even I don't know what I would cut. I mean, probably Tarantino's Monocle Monocle. We agreed on
2: that. Yes. We
0: agreed on that. Um, <laughs> because I, I'm trying to think. I mean, you could set up the fact that he's mad that the body's there and body's coming home in an hour. You, you need that information, but you could have yes. delivered it differently i do I, I love the rest of the stuff is funny to me because like john travolta pushing back against harvey Keitel.
2: oh my god kind of a dick for like no reason
0: he's like please would be nice and even i'm like you really i'm like i'm like again like jules i'm like do you really need to do
2: that right now? <laughs> like, i mean i'm surprised it. that jules doesn't just backhand his ass because <laughs> like now is not the time for this
0: no i got a dead body this in the is car. not this is not
2: the time <laughs> This is not, uh, this is not no, the time.
0: No, I uh I that whole I mean the rest of it's I, I laugh really hard every time like uh Sam Jackson too, he's so frustrated with that whole sequence when he's like yes. talking about the towels and he's like he's like what the fuck are you do He's like you got a ladder first. <laughs> um and then when he's in the car, they're both in the car picking up stuff. He's like, wait, why the fuck am I back here picking up rings?
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, when they're getting hosed off in the back.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Is this
2: necessary? <laughs> yeah, it's necessary
0: you look like you just murdered so if
2: there's any if there's anyone who's seen pulp fiction who doesn't know that that uc like some people might think that that uc santa cruz t-shirt is made up for the movie no 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 college would actually have a t-shirt that looks like that i'm here to tell you as a uc santa cruz graduate that is a legitimate uc santa cruz t-shirt
0: this is amazing their like... <laughs>
2: mascot is the banana slugs.
0: I meant to Google that today because I was like, I know I've heard before if this is real. That's or made real, up, and I was leaning toward they made it up. So the fact that's that you're telling,
2: no, that's you what the t-shirts there? look like.
0: Your mascot's a banana slug.
2: Yes. Why? <laughs> because it's there's redwoods and there's banana slugs in the oh, woods. Oh,
1: okay. And that's and UC amazing. Santa Cruz
2: doesn't have a football team. Like, they're, it's not oh. a sporty school. There are sports, but right. You know, it's, it's, a, like hippie <laughs> it's a hippie school. It banana was it was slip. founded in the seventies in, in the in Santa Cruz. It's a hippie school. Um, uh, yes, that shirt is real.
0: That's real because I really did mean to look it up earlier and I forgot. Uh, this is like when you were like I lived in the area near Lost Boys. That your inside yes. of these things. yes, obviously,
2: yes, <laughs> like uh, that's real.
0: The banana. The slip. shirt I was is real. Like,
2: that I was, was not like, made I don't up.
0: I Think the they shirt. made that shirt up because it looked very. It just looked legitimate to me, and I was no, it's like, real. Okay, that's amazing. Thank you for, <laughs> for enlightening me on that because I <laughs> was not sure. Um, I did. I also laughed too when he's like oh, a couple of dorks. These are your clothes.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, because I was like, that's real.
0: Yeah, he gave us these clothes. They're yours. Uh, Harvey Keitel comes in. He's great. Like, uh,
2: Winston God. Wolf is so is so good. It's just, and it's a great. It's like a great way to use Keitel, it, where it's. I mean, it's just—it's perfect. Just like walking, like this guy doesn't need. this. these guys are already so established, and and it's just that touch, and they they bring their presence, and they get this great dia- You know, they get this great dialogue, and it's just right.
0: <laughs> um, boy, oh I feel like I had so much. I, I still don't have a lot to say, but I'm like, where do I go now? What else do you want to talk about? <laughs>
2: the- soundtrack we have to talk about the soundtrack. Oh, we have
0: to talk about the soundtrack yeah 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 What's
2: soundtrack uh, was huge
0: I, yeah huge. I, again this is him picking soundtrack or picking songs for his movies i feel like he picks songs that are again songs people probably aren't talking about and then he brings them sure. into a the movie and then they become like you know a bigger deal because um I don't know how big any of these songs were in 1984. I can't imagine most of them were like <laughs> huge. Uh...
2: Well, it's like, and there's usually a mix, you know. Like there's there'll be some songs that some people will be nostalgic for, like right. Jungle Boogie, Cool in the Gang, or Let's Stay Together, Out Green. Like this is a very well known song that that some of the audience is going to be nostalgic for. Right. And then you get something like Son of a Preacher Man. Again, another one, big song. But from a previous era that mm-hmm. people will be nostalgic for. But you know, but you get something like uh Urge Overkill's cover of Girl You'll Be a Woman soon. And so it's like it's a song you recognize, but it sounds a little different.
0: Yeah. Which and then he'll say. throw
2: at you <laughs> flowers we'll go- on the wall <laughs> by the Statler brother. Like I I never heard that before this movie. Like, that's yeah. just weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I think it's just the, yeah it's a weird eclectic mix of stuff I feel like I'd yes. heard the yes. uh, oh god the the you know the title track the, the I can't pronounce it Lou was like a weird I don't know how, how you
2: pronounce it but that's how it's spelled
0: yeah <laughs> I didn't want to butcher it but uh, Dale. yeah Dale the, that, that was come. kind of like a weird obscure like surf song that he just pulled out of nowhere yeah. and then like made like the unofficial theme song of the movie um I will and say, I so, think...
2: I mean, forever recognizable now. Anyone who didn't oh, know yeah. Surf Rock before knows that song. Yeah.
0: I think my favorite song is the cover of Girl, You'll Be a Woman, seen by Urge Overkill. I don't know why. I think the, like, I love the way it's used in the movie with her just kind of like oh, dancing to it. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. It. Um, I was just like, I read, this is a very cool song. I really, really like it. I mean, I, like, I really like all the songs, honestly. It's not like a song where I'm like, that song is terrible. Yeah. But, but that's probably no. my favorite.
2: Well, I used it? to listen to the soundtrack like I would just we would put it on in the car. We would put it on hanging out at a friend's house like we would just listen to this soundtrack. And we did so for years. All yeah. the way through. I
0: bought the CD back in the day.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we. Oh. this is what we did. Um. So. For songs that the way they're used in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Probably Miserloo is my favorite very close second would be girl you'll be a woman soon the mm-hmm. way that's used and just oh it sounds so good uh if i'm listening to the soundtrack not watching the movie just listening to the soundtrack another favorite is if love is a red dress by maria mckee
1: mm-hmm.
2: fucking love that song <laughs> it is unfortunate that the moment that that song is playing in the movie you can barely hear it, and it's being played by Maynard at the <laughs> at the Pod Shop Rape Dungeon.
0: Oh well, yeah.
2: That's unfortunate because that it's unfortunate. a great song.
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's so many a- good ones. I mean, I love Al Green. Jungle Boogie is excellent. I mean, like, yeah, they're all good.
0: Every song really kind of fits where he uses it. I feel that's like yeah. the that's the key. It's like this weird eclectic mix of songs, but it's like they they work. Um, a yeah, great soundtrack.
2: Uh, yeah. You never can tell Chuck Berry is like, there are other Chuck Berry songs that are more mainstream popular mm-hmm. that people who maybe weren't huge Chuck Berry fans would know, but he goes with this one instead for the <laughs> twist contest. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah.
0: It's no, it's good stuff. Can you I, twist? Uh, huh?
2: Did you try to <laughs> twist after this movie?
0: I did not. I, <laughs> I know my limits. I, <laughs> not a dancer
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen in 1997 I was doing like the Macarena and that was about oh you-
2: god <laughs>
0: it's truly inescapable truly inescapable I was telling someone the other day I was like it was literally for whatever year it was popular it was like 96 97 97 I went to baseball games it was played it was weddings,
2: everywhere
0: weddings school events uh, birthday party. It literally was inescapable. It was like order the mockery? It was and everywhere. Guess what? We loved it. We ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't wait. I was like, I can do this stupid dance. It's easy. Just move your arm. Oh man, like,
2: God, people. It loved was it. everywhere, and my mother hated it.
0: Oh, she... <laughs> the, lyrics hated it. Kinda, the lyrics are kind
2: of the lyrics are kind of naughty. If you know Spanish,
0: I'd heard this, but of course, the none lyri- of us. The need.
2: lyric, the lyrics are kind of <laughs> naughty, and my mom. You know, this is the woman that walked out of Pulp Fiction.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was
2: offended. (laughs) My mother's a saint. She's the I'm the complete opposite.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I heard that years later. But like, of course, like the people I was around, no one knew what was being said at all. Yeah, Uh,
2: My mom's like, ooh, cochinos. (laughs) Every time cochinos are dirty.
0: Oh, no, I don't dance. I could do, uh, listen, I could do a nice, easy kind of slow dance at a wedding where you just kind of <laughs> shuffle your feet.
2: But no twist, huh?
0: No twist. Oh, no. well. Man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait, do you dance? I don't know. Like.
2: I love to dance.
0: Oh, OK. I did not. Know I this. love
2: to dance. Well, and see, and this, this, oh, God, this is another thing about this movie that, um, you know, it drew on things. It's, it's like it, it takes these things that you're in this pop culture, things you're nostalgic about and then just like ramps them up, you know. And so, like, you know, I grew up listening to. On the radio, Elvis and all this stuff, like on the old, you know, they would call it like the, you know, the old old school rock and roll channels or whatever, whatever they used to call them, the oldies or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so a lot of this is stuff I recognize and stuff like the twist like you would see old footage of you know people doing the twist and so i was so excited that the twist was getting a revival through this movie because <laughs> i think the twist is awesome it's one of my favorite of the old dances <laughs> and i miss that i'm i'm sad that i was not alive when they had all of these special dances like if you see uh blues brothers mm-hmm the shake your tail feather song and they go oh, through yeah. all the dances. <laughs> uh, huh. I love that.
0: I mean, I was watching them do the twist this time and I was like, I think I could do that. It's
2: not, it's you like, could do it. You could do the twist friend. Not too
0: much to it. Uh,
2: there's not much to it. You could do it. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, I probably could, but you get me, listen, you get some drinks in me. I'll probably dance, but I, I just, that doesn't happen very often. So, uh, gotta be pretty <laughs> liquored up to be dancing. Uh, <laughs> Plus, I don't, I'm don't. i not around. I go to like a wedding. There's dancing. I'm not really around dancing them. I don't go to clubs. Do not go to clubs. I barely even go to bars. Um, It's not really. I, there's not really dancing going it's on. It's just not
2: your thing. That's okay. No, not really. <laughs> I'm a like big needles, proponent of dance. I, I, I think, think I wish I wish everyone in the world would dance.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. It don't. makes <laughs> you so
2: happy. It
0: <laughs> this, ma- is, this is I feel the me... same way
2: about singing. I feel the same way about singing. Everyone should sing.
0: I do sing all the time. Not around people but like you know the shower the yeah, car myself it's Sorry, beautiful you're gonna enjoy the story it's about my mom and just I will dancing. I
2: love your I love stories about your mother the
0: dancing things you keep saying oh I wish people would dance do you remember a song that I think came out in the 90s called I I hope you dance it's like a really this soft is, little ballad it might be kind this of this like,
2: is not ringing a bell
0: it was just some lady it was like I I hope you did I mean I don't want to sing it but it was you I don't know you know but it was like I thought it was a hit but every goddamn time this song would come on the radio, my mom would like turn to me in the car and she'd be like, Matthew, I hope you dance. And I was like, oh stop.
2: <laughs> stop it. Okay, now it looks like what is this? What is... <laughs> Oh, looks I like I don't know who
0: it's spot. Could not tell you.
2: Gladys Knight did did a version of it. But this is 2013. Leanne. It's, it and is Womack, Womack. Sons Leanne of the Womack. Desert. Ugh. Oh, it's country. That's why I don't know it.
0: That's yeah, yeah. But it was like one of those country songs that like had slipped through. I think to like mainstream because that was that time when like there was a lot of female like singer songwriters breaking through. This other thing yes, of in the '90s, people not yes, like, yes. There were so many women who got Lila Fair. There was so many mm-hmm. women who got chances. There were so many songs I remember from that time period. Of, like, my mom driving us, like, to and from school or wherever and, like, being the minivan. And she had, like, the 90s to whatever radio on. And uh-huh. so many, like, random, like, female singer-songwriters. A lot of songs I liked. But I think Leanne Ann like, snuck in. Because she was, like, the song's kind of country, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, like, <laughs> it kind of like pop country. But, yeah. Right. Every damn time it would come on, she'd be like, oh, Matthew, I hope you <laughs> dance. And I was like, stop it. you got to stop it. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I was like, please stop like, Oh, Oh I love it. I
2: love I love that.
0: It's a very sweet sentiment. But as a boy who was like 10, 11, 12, I was like, Sure, Mom, stop. You, you were mortified. 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 Um, but yeah, sorry, the dancing reminded me of that. But <laughs> um also I feel like we're talking about pulp fiction. I almost have to make an amend amendment here because I did my top five okay. movies episode like two years ago. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe three uh-huh. And I put this as my number one favorite movie. I am not.
2: That's what I remember.
0: I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure anymore. The this whole... is
2: a, this is a film feast revelation.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. Listen, it would still be, I'm sure my top five and it's still a five star movie to me, but maybe I've seen it too many times. Maybe something, it's not like it's not sparking like it used to but i've had this with um, a few movies that i would call all time favorites recently and i'm like do i need to like reevaluate my like all-time favorites because they're just things i've said for years or like the standards like you know but then i sometimes i've watched them recently and i'm like this is not like popping like it used to (laughs) And like yeah thing may be a little bit like I, I may be no, it's a great movie, don't get me wrong, but I think it's a little bit, I really romanticize the time of like finding it and all yes. the stuff I found from it and the feeling of like, I'm going to make a movie. I'm like, <laughs> Tarantino did it. Robert Rodriguez did it. They did, you know, and they had no resources, but, you know, like this and that. And then like that didn't happen. <laughs> so it might be a little bit of like, I don't know, like, um not sadness, but like kind of like, oh, that was my like big it. like. Yeah, go ahead. Were you just,
2: like? Uh, no, yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: It's like, oh, this was a thing Maybe. that was like, what?
2: Maybe like it. It was. It gave you hope.
0: Yes. For a dream of. that
2: never materialized.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It sounds sadder. Than it is. I, everyone, I'm fine. But no, oh, I just was thinking like, it, so it, it made me not so much the movie. This is a
2: feeling to get used to from here on out. Okay
0: been used to it for a while don't worry I uh I, didn't, I wasn't even to movies for like a good five years after the film school thing didn't work out I kind of mm. just like did not feel like I was as
1: into at least you anymore.
2: tried friend I thought about you know after seeing movies like Pulp Fiction when I finally got sober well actually <laughs> I was not sober yet I was in rehab <laughs> it would it would take a few tries uh. <laughs> um I remember they were like oh you could go to call co- if you get if you get clean you could go to college and they were like if you went to college where would you know what would you go for and i remember thinking like i never thought about college because i had never thought about college and i was like oh well i would go to film school and like started researching it when i first got clean and decided um i don't want to live in la <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, i mean that's it's expensive and it's i feel like how many you know to make movies it's like I mean, it helps to go to film school, but I feel like you might have it's it's you're taking a long shot there. I feel it's a like long that's, shot. Yes. Like, I mean, people were telling me yes. that, you know, as I was going to college and they were like, you yeah. know, this is really yeah. hard. Right. I'm like, going will be fine. I was like, <laughs> I really had no cares in the world about it. I'm like, it's going to happen. And then I was like, oh, no. Like, I've told that story a few times about like, I'm a being... natural
2: born pessimist.
0: I was much more of an optimist when I was younger. <laughs> like,
2: I always I always ever since I was young but i i'm i've always my first thought is always the worst case scenario
0: i i, I still uh,
2: manage to be cheerful though
0: you are very cheerful i appreciate it i you know i mean i don't know i was much more an optimist as a younger person and then like the world has broken me down but uh <laughs> i told that story i
2: think we talked we, about this on the seventh episode
0: oh my god we did <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's a bleak movie the, ex- the uh...
2: existential dread that has settled in yeah.
0: Yeah. It's bleak. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still a happy person, but I think I'm much more of a realist now. Well, it's it's good when you're younger yeah. to not have the... I think it's good to be optimistic when you're younger. Like, I think young people should have that. It like... held
2: me. It helped. Being pessimistic as a young person probably held me back. I didn't take yeah. certain chances because I was already expecting failure.
0: Right. It got me to some bad situations because yeah. I... Cause I got married way too young and was like, it's all going to be fine. Everything's great. Uh, oh,
2: young romantic uh, man!
0: I was like, I'll oh, make movies. It's so easy. It's so easy. And then those, those three ladies came in from the film industry into my <laughs> film class and told us the reality. And I was like stone faced. Like my spirit had been broken, but I'm glad they did that because everything I've ever heard since that point has been like, Oh yeah. Making movies is really hard. And most people don't strike gold right out of the gate and right. like you know they bust their asses on like small movies that people may not even see you know it's like um so I, you know it's it's all fine but i was thinking that because like i think we talked about this on robocop where it was like i love this movie love this movie but I, yeah. i've watched it so many times i don't know if i'm getting anything at it. it's always like drawing blood from a stone i don't know if i'm getting anything out of it anymore It's a, it's like i put it on and I hate to reduce it to this, but it's almost like background noise just because I know it so well. Like, mm. there may be certain moments where I, I, they pop more on, like, repeat. Like, like the thing with uh, Patricia Arquette? Rosanna Arquette? Rosanna Arquette. Uh, Rosanna her, Arquette. Like, like, her face this time when she's all excited about the needle, but to go in, that kind of popped. Like, <laughs> there's always stuff to, like, kind of, yeah. like, notice or you might have forgot about. But, like, I've just seen Pulp Fiction so many mm. times that it mm-hmm. was, like, I, I almost even rewatch it for the show because I was like, I don't think I need to rewatch it, but I did, but I just, I've just, it, <laughs> the movies like that I've seen dozens of times are kind of the point now where I'm like, I'm, I'll be happy to watch them, but it's like nothing new is coming out of them. So it doesn't really, there's no feeling there. I don't know how to describe it. Like um, sure, I'm really working this out es- in real time. <laughs>
2: es- especially if something because your love of the film was not was not just about how technically good it was. Right. It was about the feeling, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The
2: feeling that it gave you and and kind of the impact it had on your life. And if you've seen it many, 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 many times.
0: <laughs> so many times.
2: And that and that that personal piece is so far behind you. And the technical stuff, you've seen it so many times that it's kind of background. Yeah, I could see where that would happen. And it's yeah. OK for your favorite movie to change.
0: I, oh, yeah, I know. I know. It's like I need to redo that top five at some point. The but this is a is,
2: revelation because when you asked me. Yeah. When when you pitched this to me, I jumped up and said yes. But I did have the thought. I was like, oh, this is like this is Matt's favorite movie like of all time. And this yeah. this is still kind of in my, you know, my list of favorite films, but it's not my most favorite. And and after that discussion with Tarantino, I was like, wow. He's taking a chance I'm bringing me back. <laughs> <For> both- <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, I was like, I feel
0: like Carmelita loves this movie and like has a good I do. I thought you'd have a good like uh, take on the time it came out and like have. You know, it's like... very
2: this is very nostalgic for me. And and it was like I said at the top, it was a long time before Jackie Brown unseated Pulp Fiction from being my my most favorite Tarantino film. Pulp fiction was my favorite for a very long time, and, and a lot of it had to do with the the nostalgia I had for the discovery of this film, for the mm-hmm. experience of watching it the first 50 times for like the the role it played in my development as a film lover Mm -hmm. like all the times that my friends and i sat around and talked about what's in the briefcase and like went over all the different theories about Uh what's in the briefcase like all the times that we drove around in the car with a carload of friends listening to the soundtrack and singing along like Mm -hmm. this is very nostalgic for me
0: Yes, I I thought it would be. So, oh, the...
2: some of the faults, some of the faults. I'm like, ah.
0: yeah, I know it's
2: like, ah, like I wish
0: that didn't. But we had, the <laughs> we had the
2: time of our life. The time of my life, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, the briefcase. What do you think's in the briefcase? Put <laughs> so many theories on this.
2: <laughs> well, he, here's one thing where, when the more you know, how something gets spoiled. Oh. Over the years, finding out that like they didn't there there isn't an answer to that
0: then it can be whatever you want (laughs) Um,
2: yeah whatever you want uh which which in general i love that but i i I think there's certain things about the way that the briefcase is shown that leads you to believe that there is an answer and but there's not an answer my (laughs) favorite of the theories would that was that it was marcellus wallace's soul
0: Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Okay, That's, my that. That's my That's favorite. That's my favorite series, too. I don't think it makes any sense in the context of the movie, like the movie we're watching. I'm like, but. No. It, especially with. I was thinking that when Tim Roth sees it, he's like, is that what I think it is? I'm like, would you say that if you saw the soul? Like, what would that even look like to someone in a briefcase? What
2: what, what would you say that about?
0: Right. That makes me think it's like Is a that
2: what I think it is? Treasure like.
0: Treasure or something, or, you know, it's like.
2: It has to be something very rare, very precious that. Right. Person- no, some the kind of thing that someone has never seen with their own two eyes right right because is that what i think it is implies this is a thing i've heard about but never actually exactly. seen
0: exactly and i don't know how you would like manifest a soul to see someone see a soul and be like is that a you know like it just a, like that theory is like the most fun especially with like the code i think six 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 to the briefcase um
2: and then Marcellus, you know, th- there's um, I forget what ch- what culture has something about souls being taken out of the back of people's heads. Yeah. And then Marcellus Wallace has the band aid. Right. Th- this was like a whole thing, people. I know. If this... anyone's <laughs> what there was a oh, whole thing of so much... speculation about what's in the briefcase
0: fun to speculate what's in there. I kind of like that. There's not an answer, honestly. I I, I, do, like I spec- do,
2: too. I do, too.
0: <laughs> but we don't have it if anyways. But I think the Tim Roth line is if it's meant to be or not meant to be, it is a tip off to that. It is a thing that like an object that you've heard about, but like not seen like the Ark of the covenant or something, you know, whatever it would be. Right. Like like something. I
2: I think if it were just, if it weren't for that line, if it weren't for those lines, if it was just that people open the briefcase and the light shines and then they close it and they just seem kind of stunned, but no one says anything. Like oh shit and close it like that I think I would feel I would that would be like the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> but it's something about yeah his line is that what I think it is and it's beautiful. You're like it makes you think that there is a, that they had an idea of what was in there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they did it yeah, you know. But they <laughs> just a fun MacGuffin. Um, it is. It is a fun
2: MacGuffin. I do love it. But want
0: to talk about. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't the funny thing is saying, like, oh, I don't think it's my favorite movie anymore. I don't really know what supplants it. The the thing about that top five is like it was very hard to come up with the top five. And I'm very mad at myself because I for some reason left off last action hero. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Um, <laughs> because I think over the past <laughs> couple of years on Twitter, like people who follow me know like fucking love last action hero. And you I do. feel like I may have more of a like emotional connection to that movie than like Pulp Fiction or like Robocop or Back to the Future. Sure. Like, I feel there's more of like a, which sounds insane, people listen to me for a while, but like they don't know me. They listen to this Pulp Fiction podcast. They're like, what is this guy talking about? But like, (laughs) I'm not going to retell that story. There's a whole podcast episode about it. But yes, um,
2: go back and listen to the episode.
0: Yeah, I just, Ken was just there to like.
2: Search Last Action Hero on Matt's Twitter profile.
0: (laughs) That won't help because you'll see. (laughs) No. 50 things pop up that's why that, yeah
2: like, but that's the proof right
0: oh, oh that's oh that's why. i thought you were saying find the episode i was like no no just no. Go to the podcast feed. no no no, <laughs> no
2: no 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 the the evidence
0: oh, oh the evidence is of there your love
1: um because
0: i don't want hero yeah it's like the only movie right now where i still want to collect things for it <laughs> like um sure you know like uh so i'm like it might be last action hero but i don't know it's it's i don't know I, the funny thing is about pulp fiction too is i'm like it, it's my number one movie of all time, but I feel like there's other Tarantino movies like pushing to be my favorite Tarantino movie. So if it's not even my sure. favorite Tarantino movie, how can it be my favorite movie of all time? Like right. I, I become a big once in a time a Hollywood fan. Like I love that movie. You have? Uh Love, Kill Bill one and two together, mm-hmm. the whole bloody affair. That's very right. much up my alley and becomes more up my alley, I think, as oh my God. The so we should a whole Kill Bill podcast because I have stories about that because that's <laughs> that comes out host me getting into Tarantino and like the hype I had for the Kill Bill movies was yo for sure. out of this world like yes. I just talked on Twitter about uh Once Upon a Time in Mexico which came out the same oh. year as Kill Bill Volume One I was on cloud nine because I was like <laughs> oh my god. I get a new Rodriguez <laughs> movie. I get a new Tarantino movie the same year. Um,
2: but, but then, then were, you saw Once Upon a Time in Mexico.
0: Yeah, it's just I said that in a tweet. I was like, it's disappointing. I still like the movie. One day, you and I have talked about this for a long time. I think we will do the entire El Mariachi trilogy. Please? I think it's been Oh, Please, I want to. It's just it's yeah, it gets it's been batted around for a very long time. I think the thing that. that well, hold me back is like oh i have to watch three movies which is not a big deal <laughs> like no. for the podcast but we will do the el mariachi trilogy i have to because that that whole thing especially desperado is a like i was getting into that at the same time i was getting into reservoir dogs yeah. and Call fiction so it's kind of the same deal there's a lot of talk about mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i was like out of this world excited like for those but um so yeah i don't know like even like something like inglorious bastards I think maybe like his most well-made movie from a like a technical standpoint the a opening, technical standpoint the opening of that movie is like probably one of the best things he's ever done like how tense that opening is and um God what like the just I think the the tension in the basement bar scene like
2: a becomes, lot of people I, agree with you
0: yeah I mean I I think it's <laughs> like so so well made but it uh so there's always other movies where i'm like that could be my favorite but right i will say i do think he becomes a much better director post jackie brown which i think may be partly to him making Bill, this gigantic epic and i think he himself was the guy who was like if you can shoot action well, you can shoot anything well because action's the hardest thing to shoot. Yeah. Um. I appreciate him saying because it doesn't get enough credit. And I feel like post Kill Bill, like his direction, I think just because I mean, Paul. Fiction Reservoir where dogs, Jackie Brown, all well directed, but I feel like his yeah skill just goes up to like yeah. There's
2: there's there's definitely he things he learned from from those making those movies, and then everything that he learned in the process of making kill bill like yeah from then on out you just see his skills
0: it's like a kind of a crazy jump when i think about like yeah and i like Paul fiction a lot but i'm like oh he becomes a much better like director and i i and pulp fiction has a very like distinct look but i like the look post like jackie brown more it's like because it still has like that 90s indies look which is fine it's it's a time like i just think the movie's just look better put kill bill and on i feel like he just a better eye i don't know what's going better cinematographers i don't know what's going on but um i don't know i still have a fondness for them but they I j- there's just a big leap there between like for me like sure. jackie brown to kill bill in technical standpoint there
2: but... are scenes in kill bill that i would say that that i i just love the way they look mm-hmm. um but yeah i still pulp fiction i just love I love the I love that '90s indie
1: it does, aesthetic,
2: I mean, man. I, I love that. that shit. I love it.
0: <laughs> I appreciate the aesthetic. Nothing against it. It's I
2: just, I was really yeah. noticing this time how pulp pulp, pulp fiction is lit. Mm-hmm. Even the night scenes, like there's all there's like a lot of light hitting a face, mm-hmm. you know, and like all of these just very brightly lit scenes, and I think it struck out to me so much because even just a few years later you had everybody doing stuff that was kind of green or blue or yeah
1: you know kind of hazy <laughs> uh-huh
2: and and nowadays with all of the complaints about movies being too dark
1: <laughs> just true and I,
2: I was and i was struck with like how bright how brightly lit pulp fiction is yeah even like these night scenes like the room everyone's in is like super and i would imagine like you know, it had something to do with maybe his skill level. Even I don't know how much of it was an aesthetic choice and how much of it was a I need to see what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> maybe I don't know. That's a b- But I, it's very well lit. Night scenes now not great. Like it's so like oh another problem I had with Exorcist believer. It was so dark for like most of the movie. <laughs> so darkly <laughs> shot. Like why is this so dark? Um, but yeah, I, that's a good point. I think about that. The way he shoots night scenes is like yeah, people's faces are very like illuminated I feel like yes and, uh, yes um yeah I feel like I just I feel like I have much more to say but I'm having trouble like working through all my <laughs> thoughts on <all> fiction um, <laughs> well
2: I I love that you you know you and I have brave conversations that's something that you and I do
0: ever since it's, crash it's, it's really <laughs> one of the
2: beautiful things about our friendship I mean uh-huh. all the way back to seven I think seven is well, where true. we really yeah, we yeah. were talking about whether or not people should have kids and like <laughs> existential yeah. dread and then yeah and then crash we're talking about sex and car crashes <laughs> so you know you and i have brave conversations and so yeah for you to come out and say i don't think this is my i don't think this is my favorite movie anymore that's big it's a big moment in, yeah in your life. i made
0: you do, it's got a year or two now another redo of the top five because i'm like
2: even See, right I, after
0: we did it i was like i don't even feel good about what I just did. <laughs> it's
2: like it's tough i now you and i always do like ranking Yeah, you know, like a top five of a director, a top three of a director, and I can do that. It is challenging for me sometimes, more than others. But like to make like a all-time list of all-time of all-time, what are your top five favorite? I can't do that. (laughs) I have a list on Letterboxd. It's like a hundred favorites, and I'm not even willing to say those are my. Those are like one through a hundred. I'm just saying these are 100 favorites. I'm not ranking these. I don't don't ask me to put them in order. And sometimes like someone will toss out a title. And I'll be like, oh, that's probably in my top 20. If I were going to make a top 20, it would be in my top 20. Mm-hmm. But I'm not attempting to do this. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. It's very hard. It's very, hard. No, it's very I tough. do. I do have a, a favorite movie of all time. And that. <laughs> like, I, I can say that confidently. Mm hmm. But to try and fill out like a top five, no, I'll I'll go crazy. I'd have to go like a hermit, live in a mountain and like (laughs) contemplate. Because there's just too many movies I love. There's no way. I
0: feel bad because I'm sure we talked about this. What is your favorite movie of all time? I must know this.
2: The Godfather.
0: I don't think I knew that. The Godfather. Okay. Yeah. It's a good pick. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the Godfather movie. Yeah. <laughs> the God like, no, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> I saw The Godfather very young. The mm. first time I was three years old. Oh
0: my God. Do you have any memory of that view? <laughs> like Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Vividly.
2: I tell vividly remember Sonny getting gunned down on the causeway. Oh my God. <laughs> vividly. Wow. Vividly. Um i have seen the godfather so many times so many times it's insane i feel like a. this is gonna sound delusional i like when i watch it i feel like a. it's a family reunion like i'm like i'm like i'm a member of the corleone family hmm. like i went in, for the 50th anniversary oh. screening i went and i brought my hanky because i just knew and when i was sitting in that theater and the f- fucking theme song kicks on i i got tears in my eyes <laughs> like i was like so moved <laughs> to wow. be ex- experiencing the god like i feel about that movie like i can't even I can't even describe it well, to you. That there I... are other movies that I... <laughs> there are probably other movies that more speak to my personality or mm-hmm. other things that are just as good technically. I mean, even... Uh, even of Coppola's work. But... The Godfather is like, that shit got into my soul. <laughs>
0: like imprinted on you at a very young age it sounds like yes
2: like so and some of that stuff is like like life lessons i learned from the godfather <laughs> so like
0: you like leave the gun it's take like the next level
2: yeah. <laughs> it's next they'll keep your friends close and you you know you keep your friends close but your enemies closer that uh-huh. shit they like never never say what you think outside of the family again like all that shit
0: okay well i'm gonna Maybe blow your mind right now. I have seen The Godfather one time in my whole life, and I've seen Godfather Part Two one time, and I've never seen Part Three. And I was literally just thinking the other day, I was like, "Man, I really need to rewatch The Godfather." At least I need to rewatch all of them because I have the 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 coda, like the redone, Uh which people say is better. And I'm like, it's better way to watch it. So I should really do a Godfather trilogy because I literally only saw it one time when I was a teenager because it was obviously one of those movies that people were like, if you sure. want to get into movies, watch the you Godfather it. and it I, listen, some things did not work for me as a teenager. Cause I was probably too young into the patience and the 10, 20, Godfather yes. did work. But what one and two, I was like, these are great. Like we're right off the bat. These are great movies. Like they did not disappoint me at all. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm obviously I'm proud of you, but I'm happy you said it was number one. Cause I feel like some people would be like, I can't say it's my favorite because it's such a, popular beloved movie they almost would shy away from it being their favorite because it's like sure constantly people are like it's one of the best movies ever made um so i appreciate you saying that. <laughs> like no and I it's really like it's like it.
2: spiritual dude it's like <laughs> i literally feel that movie in my fucking soul <laughs> like and i this sounds crazy it sounds crazy it's like next level. <laughs> How deeply it's, I feel for that movie.
0: You're really making me want to rewatch it now more than I wanted to before. But I remember being like, you know, what's weird that sticks out to me of that movie because huh. I expect all the mob stuff, but like when Marlon Brando is running through that field with his like, grandson, right? Like uh-huh. whatever the field is, and he does he die? spoils spoilers the God, <laughs> like,
2: he's in the backyard. He, He's he, di- he dies
0: there, right? Like, Garden. He, yes, he I remember being like not freaked out, freaked out, but like he reminded me so much of my own grandpa mm. who was not Italian. But he the way he was moving, the way he looked sure. at that time, it like I think my grandfather's passed away or something. And it was like really, really made me sad. I remember thinking, like, I yeah. don't look at the Godfather, like mess with me this much, because like, but you're like a, a nice, quiet scene with like him just playing with his crank and then he just dies and. That was my, like, big, I mean, that was, like, I was, like, I had not expected this from The Godfather. I I was getting, like, teared up, and I was, like, (laughs) that scene just really stuck with me, and I feel like no one ever talks about that part of the movie, but, uh, yeah, I'm way overdue for a Godfather rewatch. I really need to make time for that. uh, You
2: really should. It's a great movie. Oh, my God. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, I love it so much. That's and like good, every 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 time I watch it, I'm just like I need I immediately need to watch two. Like
0: right. Or even yeah, vice yeah.
2: versa. Like if I put on two thinking, okay, I'm not gonna watch the first one, I'm gonna watch the second one. And then I always want to go back and watch one. <laughs> like I always
1: they do I seem always, very always
2: connected.
0: Um they are, yes. Yeah. So uh all right, God, I love it. Good. I love it good. so much. <laughs> <laughs> um God, I feel like I'm leaving so much in Hayball Pulp Fiction, but I can't just go through the movie scene by scene because that would just be me. You know,
2: here's, here's the thing, friend. <laughs> How many people have talked about this movie? You know, I mean. Right. <laughs> what could we pop? You know, we, we talked a lot about of, our experience. Yes. We talked about our is... experience.
0: Which is always what I've wanted this podcast to be, because, uh, again, a lot of people have talked about a lot of the movies we talked about, especially Pulp Fiction. And I'm like, I just find it interesting to talk about. I hope people find it interesting that like people's personal experiences with movies, because that story is different for basically everybody. That's the unique thing. It is funny because in my bubble. Of teenage boy finding these Tarantino movies, and and then I go like out in the world and find out <laughs> oh Jesus Christ every other guy around my age has like the same like love for Tarantino <laughs> like now it's like every guy in his mid in his thirties and forties is like oh yeah Tarantino man like love those movies and I'm like God damn it it's, like we all have the same stories didn't we He's like so many people got into movies I think through him even if they were like later yeah. my well age.
2: Th- that and that's part of the legacy of this right because. Not there are lots of films that that are breakout great successes, even films that innovate and do something different, or you know. But this, this really did inspire a lot of people to feel like they could do it or wanted to do it.
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I think is like the big difference between this and a lot of other like beloved classic movies. Is like, I can't yes. remember many movies like. I know that like really inspired that right. you know, to happen. You,
2: you, you don't watch Apocalypse Now and say, I'm going to go out and make a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the it's jungle. genius. And have a heart it's attack. It's
2: genius. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's a genius film. It's really, you know, you've never seen anything like it. The first time you see Apocalypse Now, you're like, holy shit, this is incredible. But it doesn't feel like that's something you could go out and do.
0: Right. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not right? at all um yeah that's a that's good, the yeah,
2: difference good, yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah very influential for me and a lot of people and uh still love it just was questioning me like right my favorite or not but i don't know
2: well friends you're not a 15 year old boy anymore
0: what if i was like surprise i have you all <laughs> <laughs> it's been a ruse the whole time no the, I, yeah,
2: the crash I episode would have been we
0: couldn't, couldn't have a crash
2: it. episode if you were 15.
0: Couldn't we couldn't be
2: having that conversation if you I were probably 15. saw it at
0: 15 and could not handle that no, movie. No. I was like, I was here for sexy stuff, and this got way out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw NC 17 and was like, Ooh. And then I was like, Oh no. like It it changed so quickly.
2: <laughs> the sentence, I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Um, oh,
0: God. That's how I felt. No. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know, th- life all the twists and turns all our personal experiences <laughs> these things change they shift and change
0: yeah it's I, it, it's probably healthy to change up my top 10 yes when I was, yes but then i i just don't i don't re-watch a lot of things like mm. even stuff i love because i'm always just watching new stuff over and over and over and i was like man i don't know what would replace any of these things yeah. in the top 10 uh like the only thing i could think of that I feel like I'd feel confident putting in my top 10 of new stuff I've watched in the past few years is, um, King express the one car Y movie, uh-huh. which I favorite discovery of last year. And that movie like got me in a way that I feel like I had not like been floored by a movie in so long. Um, and I, but I was like, beyond that, I'm like, I don't know what I would throw in top. Like, I don't know what would be different right. basically, but you know,
1: yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I just watched so much other stuff now. And I just, it's just so hard to pick. Like to narrow down a yeah. favorites. So I don't know. We'll see if that I, happens. I mean,
2: I past past the number one spot, I refuse to rank I just reviews.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I just um, you
2: know, I I I can't do an all time list. I'll do a list of like here's a hundred of my favorite movies, but I'm not gonna rank it for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not... I mean, that's probably the way to do it. Yeah, that's like just here it is in alphabetical order. Like go here's a hundred. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In alphabetical order, ra- you know. Yeah, because yeah. I, I can't. I can't. How how am I going to compare, you know, the things that f- feel very personal? Because you and I are similar in this way, that we have a personal attachment to certain movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, when something has a very personal component to it as part of my life, but it's maybe not as technically good mm-hmm. as, you know, some movie on the sight and sound poll whatever list <laughs> right. you know what i mean like like how 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 do you how do you rank that when i'm saying yeah. like this is a technically better movie
0: yeah that is the hard part but this go,
2: movie has my fucking heart like how do you right. you know this, this I, is why I i'm refuse. so
0: glad i was never like an official like movie critic cuz i could not right? be uh like i would objective I'm such an emotional yeah i'm not i'm a very emotional movie watcher and like I would pick things that are technically maybe garbage compared to some things that are like the most well-made things, but they don't do anything for me emotionally. And I mean, they're they're pieces of art. You should be able to interact with them. Like however you feel, like if something moves It's subjective.
2: Art is subjective.
0: However you feel, even if you're like, this isn't technically as highbrow as thing, It's like, it shouldn't matter. Just whatever means the most to you. That's why I feel bad. Almost like dunking on people who maybe say like their favorite movie is something like that would seem ridiculous on the surface, but like, you don't know the backstory with that movie. Maybe right. they like, watch it over and over with like... You don't
2: know why it's their favorite.
0: Yeah, with like a someone who died or who knows. Like they could all have this like deep yeah. emotional story for something ridiculous like, I don't know, white chicks or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> who am I to
2: no this is a great that's a great i I mean that's a great hypothetical because my my first my my gut reaction to that is like oh
0: i know that would be my gut reaction too but then it would tell me some really sad story about like yes it cheered up my sister when she was sick and dying or something and we watched it exactly you never feel like a monster i
2: I went on my (laughs) first date with my wife the love of my life
0: and we both had a great time watching this
2: and we had a great time we we fell in love at white chicks (laughs) It could happen. It could. And who am I to say that that's not valid?
0: Right. <laughs> this is true.
2: Not uh, my place to say.
0: Yeah, I know. That's why I always have to take a moment and say, "Don't, don't dunk on them." They might, you know, they might have this, something it. This weird. is why
2: I'm always saying, "Different strokes for different folks." That's my mantra. Yeah. Yeah. What you like, what you like. Don't like what you lo- what you don't like, for whatever your reasons are, whether they're personal, aesthetic the technical stuff whatever the reason you like it or don't like it that's your prerogative yeah. you don't have to justify it to me <laughs> yeah you don't and you know i i love shit like zardos
0: <laughs> and... a movie i think i saw i to go back <laughs> and look at it's like god did i see zardos or did i dream
2: have like you know i i love buffy the vampire slayer the movie like i love movies that other people are like that's ridiculous and i'm like yeah i think it's a fucking masterpiece
0: most of my movies are pretty ridiculous or silly they're not like high art. like it's not like uh
2: i like some pretentious shit
0: yeah and that's fine too i mean yeah people
2: will be like wow pretentious
0: (laughs) yeah mine or not yeah i I don't
2: give a fuck
0: i'm just cool guys with it. guns cool guys with guns which pulp fiction falls into too?
2: <laughs> it does it does <laughs> <That> is,
0: uh <laughs> boy um i don't know okay i'll just pulp fiction still great still love it uh very quotable yes. very still, still one very, of
2: your favorites
0: Still one of my favorites may still be number one i haven't supplanted it completely but Maybe. i was questioning it uh but it's uh still very entertaining for you know how many times i've seen it for being two and a half hours long which is like yeah should be a sin for most but it is like it it somehow works i don't know how looking
2: looking back it i didn't know that this was a sign of what was to come
0: (laughs) it it justifies besides we talked a couple things where it's like you could trim this Mm -hmm. or that but it's like it kind of justifies two and a half hours it does it moves for two and a half hours a yes. lot of movies don't justify being two and a half hours long, but, no. um, no. yeah, still really enjoy it. Still, still fun. Me too. Um, yeah. So, okay, good. We, on, we did it. <laughs> Pulp fiction. <laughs> Big one in the books. Crossed it off the list. It's done. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, thank you for talking about this with me.
2: No, it was <laughs> an honor and a pleasure, my friend. Oh, uh,
0: I think we, I knew we about, would have fun. Yeah.
2: And this is one of those big ones, and these can be a little intimidating because, yes, everyone's talked about it, but
0: I, I weirdly, I, I usually feel that way. For like, I felt undaunted by Pulp Fiction because I, I think because nice. I knew, and we started off like this. I would talk about a bunch of stuff around Pulp Fiction before yeah. we even got to Pulp Fiction because there's like, there's so much stuff around it. So, um, but yeah, so well, anyway, thank you again. Uh, do you want to plug anything?
2: Uh, by the way, there's, there's some things that are coming.
0: Yeah. Some things we may both be a part of.
2: Yes. Some things, (laughs) uh, you know, a little project we might, we might both be involved in. So, you know, the easiest thing is follow me on Twitter. Technically also on blue sky. Oh yeah. And (laughs) I
0: forgot about blue sky.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also on letterboxd. Oh yeah. If. If you want to look up some of the weird movies that I talk about, anytime <laughs> you and I talk about what we've been watching, uh, same handle for everything, at Carmelita says.
0: Yes, uh, I forgot about Blue Sky. Honestly, so you said, I was like, oh my god, I haven't looked at the app in like a month. Feel <laughs> bad if anyone sent me requests, I have not seen it. I'm not ignoring it. I just have not opened the app. I it's not you. That place is, that place is like literally like a break in case of emergency, like a break the glass. And type right, like. right. It's, I'm just I'm sitting on it till like Twitter completely dies because Twitter still works for the most part, but it's still kind of yeah. shitty. Also, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just too hard to move everything. Anyway, <laughs> so. Um, the,
2: the ads I've been getting are just. Oh my God, the ads Whoa. are insane. Wow.
0: What are these? <laughs> They're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, God, it's, it's really <laughs> bad. Um, but, uh. Anywho, um, you can follow me on Twitter at mapblood 87 You can follow the podcast at Film Feast Pod. Um, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. Um, if you like the show, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Five-star review would be great. Really appreciate it. <laughs> like, um, You know you
2: want to. Yeah,
0: please do it. <laughs> Bump those ratings <laughs> up. We'll wrap this up. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.